You should go all the way and just say template. <laughs> template. <laughs> that sounds so weird. <laughs> the template. Yes, well, probably to make this easier next time, let's create a template. Yes. We have a good template for this <laughs> video today, which is kind of true. Outline, template. What's the difference between the two? Outline, template. Outline, template. <laughs> And there's your banter. That's it. Free video. Ah. All right, let's do this. Glad I, to be back. I hope you remember how to do this. I am Glad too. to be back. I am too. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 69 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we are here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we have quite a bit to catch up on. Uh, We missed last week due to my being ill and not in like the good way, like, like, you know, ill, 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 like, ill. That's it. Thankfully, not the cove, but, uh, you know, other sinusy things. You don't need details about this. Um, and we're going to be off next week for Thanksgiving. So we're trying to make up enough of a like hearty pen cast today to satiate three weeks worth of pen castingness. It shall have gusto. <laughs> we'll try. Uh, we have plenty of new products to mention. We'll share our most terrifying pen and ink disasters. This was a fun one to go down memory lane. In preparation for this pencast, uh, we have some funny ink names. We're going to talk about which pens are the absolute best sellers. We'll be bringing in our customer care manager, Adrian, to share her perspective on the Goulet Pen's bottom shelf and what that's all about. We have a special guest spot from Ian Schoen of Schoen Pens, as well as we're going to spotlight the Diplomat Nexus pen with a new fangled filling mechanism. So that should be interesting. Um, yeah. So launch these things. Well, we launched the shown over our hiatus diplomats coming soon, but I don't want to spoil it all. Uh, we also have plenty of personal shenanigans to discuss and, uh, yeah. So I think you should go make yourself a cup of coffee or three, uh, go grab some chocolate and sit back while we kick off this week's episode with your feedback. Alrighty. So the first Several nuggets of feedback consisted of mm. many, many happy Fountain Pen Day messages to us Yay. from our friends out in the lands. And so happy, quite belated mm. Fountain Pen Day to you all. Actually, no, we already said Fountain Pen Day because that was we already we said, said that last Friday. So now we can say great. So yeah. thank you for all those happy Fountain Pen Day messages to us. We appreciate it. Also, a lot of comments yeah. about us having said wow. A lot last episode. Really? Uh, apparently. Like more than usual? Yeah. The, there were multiple comments. And the first one I didn't even get. I'm like, they're like, oh, I'm not going to let you say, you're you're officially not able to say wow anymore. I'm like, that's random why they say that. Did and then I kept on reading. And then more comments about like, no, we need to do a compilation of that. I'm like, wait, what? Really? Apparently we said wow a lot. I guess we're just really impressed with ourselves. Like, what, <laughs> what pen did we talk about? Did we talk about something that was really know. impressive? This was, we, this was weeks ago. I, know, this I don't point. even remember. Especially because the one that we record, the one that we published two weeks ago, we actually recorded, what, like three three weeks ago, I think? Because we, yeah. we doubled up and did it in advance. Yeah. So it's, we feel a little out of practice I today. No I hope it goes well. What, what we'll were we out. so impressed with? I don't remember. I don't remember anything <laughs> that we did in the last pen cast. Wow. It's kind of amazing. Anyway, so. But now we're going to be thinking about it a lot. 
So we're now we're going to say wow a lot, and then we'll apologize. Now we're just going to say Excelsior. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, and then a message from my friend Geconia. Hi. What's up? Um, Ian Schoen has given me a new appreciation for fountain pens. Ooh. I enjoy seeing his behind-the-scenes videos and am in love with his pens. Well, oh. and you are in luck. Yeah, you are. Because today, you're going to get some of that. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe not physically get some of that, like the pen. I mean, you could. No, no. But, you'll have to buy your own pen. But yeah. we will. we will support you in uh getting you, <laughs> you probably get more excited than you need to be visual visual appeal from the shown penness uh got some feedback here from jen p says brian talking about chocolate so intense when <laughs> <laughs> like brian a, does like a every, rainbow there's not a lot that brian does without intensity i mean I, I, when i'm passionate about something it shows through whether i like it or not yes um <clears throat> I think we share that in common, Drew, maybe. Yes, that's true. Uh, when Brian said, I will find it, it made me think of Liam Neeson, <laughs> like from uh, What's That Movie Taken? That's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> it's like, because you were talking about how. He's the Liam Neeson of chocolate. You were talking about like, if, there's, if, there's, if there's like chocolate free in the chocolate. House. Yeah, if there's cho- free chocolate oh, yeah. to the office. Yeah, or free I will chocolate. find it. <laughs> if you hide it, I will come for you. <laughs> I will hunt you down and I will eat you. <laughs> I can't do a properly Liam Neeson accent. No, that's not but bad. That's not bad. It's, it's somewhat of that vibe. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, it's really good. Um, I've definitely done that. We have like some some um, like s'mores stuff, s'mores supplies, because it's that time of year. You know what I mean? We've got like a little dinky, little portable, like, I hate to call it a fire pit because it's really not that. It's like a metal bowl yeah. that you can burn things in. Yeah. That's kind of all <laughs> it's kind of all it is. It's kind of flimsy, but, you know, it's okay to make s'mores. And, uh, yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, Get ready for fall. I'm going to get some like fresh graham crackers and not the ones that have like been in the back of the pantry. Oh, and yeah. You bite into them and you're like, they're kind of soft, you yep. know? Oh, I know. I, my, my, my kid's been sick for the last couple of days and I'm like, how about some saltines, bro? I'm like, oh, we got some. Oh, I, I, opened it, I opened it up and I could tell they were like low. I'm like, mm. all right, this sleeve that I'm looking at has been twisted and pushed down to the bottom. Oh, yeah. So I tasted the first one. I'm like, nope. So I kept on going, going, going. I you're skipped like, a few. Nope. I got to the very end and like the last four okay. were okay. Were okay? So like, all right, buddy, we got all you. Right. Nice, nice. <laughs> Things you do for your kid. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Caitlin said, oh, no, I never finished my story. S'mores. Sorry. S'mores. Yeah. So part of s'mores is you have chocolate bars. Right? Yes, you do. Well, you know, if if there are- For supplies for the s'mores, not for yeah, eating. I know. The graham crackers are fine. They're always there. They'll go stale. Nobody's going to just straight up eat graham crackers. But my kids will eat the marshmallows and I will eat the chocolate. So does that mean you have like just graham crackers in the house now? Well, we still have everything. Okay, I, good. I bought plenty. All I right. bought like a fresh supply. Because you know yourself. This year. We've done s'mores like twice now. So I'm like, yeah, that's that's not bad. But I definitely like dipped into the chocolate bars a little bit because I have them on top of the fridge. Don't tell my kids. <laughs> I have them on top of the fridge. But now my kids are tall enough where they could definitely reach it. Oh, no. So I just have to bank on the fact that if they don't see it in their eye line, they'll forget that it's there. Excellent. Which is why they can't find their shoes in the morning because the shoes are on the ground. And they're just looking. They're like, I don't see my shoes. I'm like look down yeah they're right by your feet they're right or, there just like god right forbid there. they're actually in the closet where they're supposed to be archers like running around like oh, a crazy no. person I'm like have you actually checked where they're supposed to be because mm. me and your mom probably found them and put them away oh yeah no you can't do that no if you like i'm, I'm that way too like if rachel like puts my jacket in the closet i'll look everywhere <laughs> in the house except for like the coat closet See, i'm not like be. that at all i live within shoe chaos berg and <laughs> yeah i i will i have 
two pair of shoes I keep in the downstairs mm-hmm. closet. Everything mm-hmm. else goes upstairs. Nothing ever gets on the floor. Mm. My slippers, I will take. I will put on my slippers to go out and let the dogs out. Every time I will come in, walk through the den, mm. into the office, okay. s- slip off my slippers, both under the bookshelf. Do the dogs like move your slippers? Or no, they no, not no. Like, they're, they're, no. They're mostly under the bookshelf. But okay. yet my wife and my kid, shoes everywhere. Shoes everywhere. Yeah. I'm like the one thing holding the universe together in the mm. house. Wow. If, well, if, if I start leaving my shoes everywhere, who knows what would happen? All four members of our family are terrible about leaving our <laughs> shoes everywhere. Well, we have like a little nook area where I'm like, oh, let me just like grab like a, a like a milk crate type thing, like one of those plastic things you can put like file folders, hang file folders yeah. in, and whatever. That we, I think Rachel had it since college or something. So I was like, here's a container. Like, let's just throw our shoes in here. Well, that was one thing when the kids were, t- you know, smaller. Yeah. Now their shoes are as big as um, Rachel's, Rachel's least, yeah. and larger. So it's like there would absolutely be times where there would be nothing in the shoe crate. And there's just this pile of shoes all around it, like spilling over into the kitchen. Like oh. Ellie will come home from school. And just literally as she walks in through the door, she's like dropping her backpack and papers and shoes come off and like a trail as she walks into the house. Oh, man. And I'm just like, I'm tripping over stuff like as she's dropping. I'm like, Ellie, what are you doing? You're killing me. That's like when you die in Halo. All your like crap starts flying everywhere. Yeah. It's like your grenades and your guns. Just like, blah! Yeah. Just that's, goes everywhere. That's what we're like. <laughs> that's what the Goulet family is like in our house. Just imagine a whole house of that. Rachel's not so bad. Joseph's a little more particular, but he leaves his shoes places. Me and Ellie are the worst. We're At least you know worst. yourself. Yeah, you know, but what are you going to do? We're not even in the, we're not even past the feedback yet. Let's keep going. All right. Caitlin says, I dare Brian to eat chocolate covered crickets. No, more chocolate. Apparently they taste like crunch bars. I, you do love chocolate. I would do that. Yeah. There's enough chocolate on it. Yeah. Crickets are a good source of, uh, um, Protein, right? Like insect Probably. protein? Yeah. Yeah. You put enough chocolate on anything and you could eat it. As long as it's not squishy. Yeah. I don't think I don't think crickets are as long as squishy it's nice and crunchy, most anyways. Then, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a it's a thing. Um I've never had I've never had crickets though. Chocolate covered ants, that's a thing. Um anyway, never had that either. Donovan, last bit of feedback here, says mm-hmm. I have disassembled my Lamy Safaris multiple times. I have never realized the feeds came apart like that. So there you go. I do remember us doing that. We did the Lamy feed, remember? We did, yeah. And it like has this like secret compartment. Bonus section, yeah. It is is an interesting feed. Like most feeds don't do that. It's very complex. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, I discovered it because I was taking it apart and it like kind of like fell out. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of surprised it wasn't even just accidental, but I don't know. There you go. Now you know, Donovan. You get to fiddle around with more parts of your pens than you realized. All right, that's all we got for feedback. Let's talk about some new stuff. All right, so we got a few cool things to talk about today. Yeah, uh, one of which is our latest uh, exclusive. I was going to say proprietary, but those mean the same thing. Yeah, um, Sailor Pro Gear and Pro Gear Slim Stealth Purple. So we're excited about this one. We came out with Stealth Green last time. That Stealth Purple. So this is kind of a sequel. Yeah. It is a bit of a sequel. A spiritual successor. Yes. And, uh, you know, not to have any spoiler alerts, but if this kind of thing were to continue in the future, I could foresee a world where there could be other stealth colors. We are already planning a stealth brown. And we may or may not have made a final selection on them. So if hypothetically there were suggestions to be had about a 
Stealth Brown? Is Stealth that a thing? Brown. Stealth Brown? We're doing yeah. it. Yeah, we confirmed. Oh, oh, is that so? I went to Sailor himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, really? direct, direct to the sailor. Yeah, yep. You climbed Mount Sailor and yep. I did. To the... I did my best uh, Brian impression. I'm oh like, boy! Yeah. Oh, uh, Brian's not the sailor whisperer. That would be Rachel. Oh, Rachel's the Rachel's the the picker of the colors, because if it were Brian's thing, every pen would be blue. I'm, work, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. She <laughs> she uh, the look she gives me increases in vitriol every time i bring it up well so I've, at least there's progress as we are rubbing more off on each other here i think she's learning to uh combat your approach as easily as mine <laughs> um which as we're recording this this is the 21st anniversary of when rachel and i met wow yeah 21 years ago wow we were 17 blackjack we were in high school yeah we met at a state like singing event she was from one part of the state i was from another part of the state I saw her. It was it was like a Hollywood type moment. It was like there. It was a, a it was a choral event. So it was like like half the girls, the, half the crowd parted, and there she was well, at the end. I'll tell. I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell the whole story. Whatever. This is gonna be a long pincast. So the the way that it worked out is we had the girls. You have sopranos and altos. You have guys at tenors and basses. I was a tenor too, and. Uh, we were practicing in separate rooms and then, you know, to start the event, it was like a three day event and just for logistically whatever, the guys were in the room that was the bigger room. And when we were done with our like initial practice, they then combined our two groups, but just the way logistically it ended up happening, all the guys were like facing the door as the girls came in in like a single file line. So just imagine 50, 17, 18 year old boys watching 50, 17, 18-year-old girls walking in single file, you could just like hear, it was like lions like growling. <laughs> you were just like watching you know, these girls walk through. But Rachel, out of these 50 girls, jumped out at me, and I was like, I have to go talk to her at that some one. point. That one. And I was very much not like I want to start a, a fountain man. Pen business with that one. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> All snapped. That's clear it. in that moment. I just had to convince <laughs> her. Pens, that lady. Yeah. Shoes on the floor, all over the house. Can't so, wait. Yep. So then later that night, she was there was like a bowling alley. This was a, a nice hotel. There was like a bowling alley in the hotel. Mm. Small, small one. Um, she was bowling there with like eleven guys that she knew. She was the only girl. So I, not knowing anybody, was like, "Here's this girl that I got to go talk to. She's bowling with eleven guys, and she seems to know." I'm just going to walk up and talk to her. That was not my MO. I just walked up and talked to her. I was like, she's that. She's that cool. I got to go talk to her. And we hit it off. And I did not leave her side that entire trip. And she almost got sick of me a little bit. But I was like, I don't care. I got to plant. I got to be there. Mm -hmm. I just got to be there. You know? Just got to hang around. Be around all the time. That way no other guy can like get in and talk to this girl because she's special. And It worked. So not stalkerish. She was no, receptive. No, 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 no. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Just realizing how weird that I probably. No, no, no. I got you. Sh- uh, Shannon friendzoned me before, and oh, yeah? I was like, okay, cool. Don't get creepy. Yep. Stick around. Be there for don't her. Be weird. But, uh, yeah. Don't weird. Don't make weird. And then later she's yeah. like, actually, no, no, you're all right. Let's get married and stuff. Like, oh, there okay. You go. Just like that. I okay. mean, no, there, there was more, but <laughs> long story short. Yeah, this is my moment, Drew. Come on, you have it. I'm just kidding, um, but I'm not. Okay. Anyway, no, actually, it's not my moment. We're talking about pens. So where do we get stealth purple? How do we get on this? 
Wow. Sorry, everybody. I'm very out of practice with this kind of thing. So uh, anyway, Progear Slim Stealth Purple, we have a range of nib sizes. Um, you know, some details of the pen. The price did increase a little bit. That wasn't our choice. That was coming from Sailor. I just feel like I got to say that. Nobody's really complained about it, but I was like, I think that, they, they yeah. happened to do the price increase. And this happened last time. Sailor with pricing is all over the place. I don't think people have an expectation. Well, They're they have like, like some older pens that like they haven't raised prices on that are much cheaper that are like the same model. And so it's like, why is this pen so much cheaper? That's just like, we're not, we're not doing crazy things with the prices as how Sailor's doing it. So anyway, that's a thing. But anyway, we have it now. Uh, and, uh, it's pretty cool. So you should go check it out. It's similar sort of in color to the wicked witch. So I will admit that, you know, it's got the black eye on trim. Um, that pen, the wicked witch is, uh, um, not the purgier. It's a 1911, the round top. Um, but this one has got the different, uh, trim colors. It's like the, the smoky kind of a gray ish. Yeah. I forget what it smoke. Smoke. Oh, I would call yeah. It smoke. smoke translucent. It looks really cool. So we're happy about that. And the purple is Distinct enough. We decided to take a picture next to the. Uh, um, yeah, I'll try to include that the thing. Okay, yeah, but we've got on the website. We got a picture of that. So anyway, go check that out if you're interested. Uh, we also have a new pen from Visconti. So this is a, a new model actually called the Kaleido, which is cool because like you know they've got a bunch of different models, but they, I don't know, they've done some models where you're like, okay, that's interesting. Not quite my jam, but this one, I, I kind of like this one. Yeah, it's not you know? a huge departure, and, and looking at it, it's yeah. not super distinctive. Sure, It's sure. in that Homo sapiens opera realm. Yeah, yeah. So it's tried and true. It works. To me, it kind of like uh, is more reminiscent to the Voyager. Remember that Ebonite, Yeah, the Voyager's that right pen. there, too. Yeah. It's like yeah. they're all kind of in that same yeah. zone. But round pen, so no like facets or anything crazy like that going on. Uh, but the cool thing is these are Brooks resins. So this is a unicorn galaxy. It looks really cool. It's translucent. It's got lots of pearlescence happening in there. It just looks really cool. This is a U.S. exclusive. Um, so not exclusive to us, but it's exclusive in the U.S. So that's pretty rad. There's going to be another color that's going to be coming out. Um, Fire Opal. One, Fire Opal. That yep. one got delayed. Yeah. They're supposed to launch at the same time. So if you're interested in that one, which is like more of a burnt orange kind of a color, That'll be coming very different from the Unicorn Galaxy, but um, kind of in a similar um, like material. Yeah, like yeah it's, it's another Brooks resin, and you can mm-hmm. find that one on our website. We do have a picture up, so if you wanted to get on the yeah. wait list for that or the notification list for that, you can. Yeah, so go check those out. Uh, we also have a new pen that is going to be the spotlight today. This is the Diplomat Nexus. Supposed to be launching, I think, when this video launches on Friday, but there could be something that disrupts that. So anything that hasn't like already launched, by the time we shoot this video, I always have to caveat it. Like crazy things can happen. Um, but anyway, very interesting pen. So we'll talk about that. Um, it's a new pen from Diplomat and it has a unique filling mechanism, but it's like a whole thing. Like there's a whole bottle and like a holder and everything. There's it's a neat. lot going in here. So yeah, that'd be some good stuff to talk about there. And last thing I got is the Visconti Mirage Mythos. This is exciting. This is exciting because remember when we were first shown this pen, we were like the Mirage. Are they bringing this thing back? Because the they Mirage, had a pen previously. The Mirage was kind of meh. It, it was fine. It was okay. But the main thing that we didn't like about it is it had a kind of a small nib. It was like an undersized nib. It, it was it, Yeah, the nib looked too small for its body. Yeah, but they fixed that. Big nib. They Standard got number big six nib. nib on here, yeah. We tested it. Works well. The pen itself, they pick some better colors yep. than what they had before. The trim is slick. Yeah. Like real, not, not not like slick, like textured slick, like cool slick. Like slick, like ill. Like, not like sick. ill. Yeah, it's ill. It's got some <laughs> ill trim. But like, I, yeah, I, I was really impressed with it. I propose that we just like erase our memories, like men in black style. Let's just like forget the, the, the mirage that was here previously. Pretend like that never happened. And uh, we'll just go with this one. 
because uh, I, I can think do that. that. I can also this is remove the one that the this rem- is the one I wish they'd come out. I can with also remove the term "ill" the as a you know slang while I'm at it. Really? While I'm in there, yeah, might as well. Eh, okay, that'll be my thing. You can say the whatever the word was instead of "wow" that I forgot already. Excalibur or Excelsior? Ex- Excelsior. There you go. You use that. I'll use "ill," and then we'll be so cool. That'll be more annoying than "wow." Uh, but anyway. That's all I got. We got three colors in the Mirage Mythos, and uh, we should have already launched this by the time you see this video. So go check those out. Lots of new stuff. What about you, Drew? We got more new stuff. So um, this thing, keep going. I will talk about. Hey, we launched the Retro Fifty One Eight Bit Inventory Pen with some matching uh, sleeve options. We've got a two and a single pen. These pens, these things, these are all Drew's fault. He gets all the blame slash credit. Yeah, these are these are these are all me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it was inspired by old school video games, so retro games from Super oh, yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo era, and mm-hmm. uh, inspired largely from inventory screens. You know, when you open up your menu and you oh, have yeah. to, you know, select your axe or your winged boots or your boomerang or your bomb or Absolutely. your net to catch random fairies and such. This is my routine every morning when I get up is I go through my inventory. Go through your inventory, yeah. I, I mean, this is the original. Weapons, weapons slash, you know, outdoor gear am I going to need today? This is the original EDC right here. Your mm-hmm. map, your bow, your enchanted necklace, your potion. Got to have potions. Absolutely. And then up at the top you have a sword. So, uh you know, to uh, chop bushes and things like that. <laughs> Very cool. So I am super excited about it. Uh, hopefully you will find some value there as well, but that is for sale right now. You mm-hmm. can get that exclusively here at Pooley Pen Company. Heck yeah. Um, also, the Peniter Avatar, you are twin tank touchdown fountain pen. Ooh, nice. Just rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> um, that is a vacuum-filling Avatar pen, and mm-hmm. it is a, the Peniter's first vac filler, as far as I know. Yeah. And it is a pretty narrow pen. It comes in uh, an assortment of colors. I believe we're choosing three. And yes. it's a pretty fun pen. It. I think they have five colors overall, maybe? Yeah. Like there I, might be like a white and a yellow that we didn't pick or something. I can't remember exactly. But. Yeah, I think we didn't go with the red and oh, the... Oh, it is a red. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Anyway, it's like a cool a pen. Yellow. I feel like um, there's a yellow, maybe. It is a... Like I said, it's a uh, it's about $200, um, a little bit less, but it has a steel nib. Their first vacuum-filling fountain pen. It's narrow, but comfortable, in my opinion. And yeah, rather most, than... Most of the like, vacuum-filling pens are really quite thick yeah because i mean like that's the appeal is to have a large ink capacity right yeah and they they usually have a pretty significant step to them as well this one it's yeah. a magnetic cap so there is no step to speak of really so it's that really comfortable writing experience that is, that is pretty nice yeah. i actually do kind of dig that and the the knob that fastens onto the pen when you either can um open up the vacuum chamber or close seal it off rather than it screwing on it is a like a little uh hook latch sort of uh, they call it a bayonet closure so it um, mm-hmm. kind of hooks in rather than threading in so it's a neat design and yeah. if you like Peniter there's no reason you shouldn't like this and um, yeah. at $200 it's uh, it's like kind of in the middle it, range in it's terms. a good affordable Peniter it's like kind yeah. of like kind of like yeah. we just mentioned with the Visconti Mirage like that's a that's an affordable Visconti that still feels like a Visconti mm-hmm. this is an affordable Peniter that still feels like a Peniter so yeah. I'm, I'm all about this one yeah and in terms of like vacuum filling pens you don't have a lot of pens to choose from in terms of modern pens I mean it was never like the most popular filling mechanism anyway but the um you've got what the Twisby 
VAC 700R, the mid, the VAC Mini, right. those are on the more affordable range. You got kind of this one in the mid, you got the VAC or the um, uh, Pilot Custom 823. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your other Visconti ones that yeah. get up into like the 800s and $1,000 and on up. So um, it's kind of, I don't know, there's a broad range of pens with this filling mechanism, but this was a little more towards the affordable range. I, I guess. think it's the only VAC filler in the um, two to $300 range. Um, you got the A23 in there, which is both over that's, three. That's, yeah, I guess so. So it, it, yeah, it's whole, some, it, yeah. it's in a new zone, new zone. Yeah. But anyway, go check it out. It's interesting. Yeah. Also, we mentioned this earlier. Hey-oh. The arcade carpet design sneak preview is a realization. It is a thing. It exists now. <laughs> so you can talk about it. Thank you for your discretion. We appreciate that. Yes. We did not get berated by our customer care team. We did it. So that means it, that so. we can share more intimate Success. secrets with you. So good luck with that. <laughs> All right. So we're doing it in a Sinclair Model R, which is this. And Sweet. it is cool. And then we're also doing a two pen koozie case as well. So that you can Sweet. fit it into your Sinclair R. Get excited about that. If you miss the arcade experience of the early 90s, late 80s, then you can enjoy its carpet once again in your life. Honestly, you it's, your, not a bad, it's not a bad place to put your 8-bit inventory pen either. It doesn't like match per se, but it matches, matches in terms of yes. the, the era. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're like children of the 90s. And well, I, this is what I happens when like, you give me too much freedom. These these well, things these things happen. You know, well, we talked about these. We did not talk about them together. We, they were two separate projects yeah. that came to fruition, and they are beautiful. Um, they were never designed to like be a package deal. No. It just kind of worked out with the timing of it. But uh, no, I got to admit that like I feel like kind of the whole '90s vibe was like nothing really matched. Like I remember a lot of like bright neon with like silver. Oh yeah, and other like like clashing was matching in the '90s. I feel yeah. like yeah. Pretty, pretty, no, yeah, there pretty was no, 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 nothing cohesive going on there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then finally, we are carrying some new stickers. So that's always fun. Nice, affordable yeah. $4 stickers from a new artist this time. We're featuring the art mm-hmm. of Mary Nye, whom I met at the San Francisco Pen Show. Her art is absolutely glorious and oh, yeah. fun and beautiful. And she does these really cool pieces featuring a rendition of a fountain pen. Not exactly a fountain pen that exists, but... You know, her own imagining of a fountain pen inspired by others with a really clever framing of sorts. The Mm. framing that we have here is a stars and clouds sort of framing and then a cherry blossom sort of background. Both are beautiful and both are printed on a uh, somewhat holographic sticker. And that's the first time we've done anything like that. It's not a flat flat sticker. It's It's technically a vaporwave finish is what it's called. So it's slightly holographic, but not so holographic that it takes away from the design. So it yeah. will give you some fun shimmer. So definitely encourage you to check those out. They are super yeah. cool and uh, always happy to uh, show off some art from someone yeah. in the pen zone. So we have larger versions of those for sale. I think we're incorporating some smaller versions of those and yes. with our packages yes. for free. Too. The freebie, so the freebie you, ones yeah. are flat colors. Those are not um, shimmery, mm-hmm. but the ones that you buy will be. So there's there you go. There you go. Uh, their only thing is they're not they're not like uh, split on the back. So to peel yeah. them off is a little bit more of a pain. That was the only option that we had. That was the trade-off for, for that getting, finish. getting the cool finish, yeah. So sorry about in advance about that, but it's worth, worth it. it. It's definitely worth it. Very cool. All right, that's all we got for new stuff for right now. There's lots of other stuff. There's lots of coming soon stuff. Be sure to check our website because there's going to be a lot of stuff coming. This is the busiest time of the year in the fountain pen world. The so. most wonderful, some say. It's been said. It's been said right now by Drew. All right, let's get into our Q&A. All right. 
All right, indeed. First Q&A, Brian. First one. Let's do it. Am I up first? No. It says me. What says you? I'm answering first. That's what yes. I mean. Oh, yes. I'm yes. up to answer. Yeah, you need to mentally that's prepare yourself. That's more work. That's really the bigger thing. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm prepared. Oh, you see the bullets. Oh, God. Oh, there are bullets. Oh, yeah. Oh, Flip that page. Yeah, you did stuff. All it's right. not that bad. It's not that All bad. All right. So, it's Brendan funny. is asking you, Brian. Well, actually, asking us. Do mm. either of you have any terrifying fountain pen or ink horror stories? Mm. Any notable disasters that have that you have heard of that will make our skin crawl and cause us to wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat? Yikes. Oh. Why does Brendan wish this upon I don't, I don't know about all that. I made my first note because I was like, I don't really have anything too horrifying. And then as I started to think about it, I was like, oh, yeah, there's this one thing I did remember hearing about. Oh, yeah. And then that happened. And I have like 10 bullet points. I'm like, that first bullet point is now irrelevant. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Uh, So I have normal things like spilling ink all over my countertop. I did that with like my second bottle filling I ever did. Um, Dropping pens at my desk and splattering ink all over my paperwork. That's kind of like standard fare. You know, sending pens through the washing machine. I've done that. Nothing too dramatic with either of those. I've never washed a pen. I have. I did my fire blue Quaco lily. Oh, lily that's right. And it like muted the color pretty hardcore. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think it was the washing machine. I think it was the dryer that did it. It was like in my pocket. It's such a small pen. I just didn't notice that it was still in the pocket. So that's what happened. Um, and then let's see here. I had a, this is one that was kind of sad. So I had a Conklin Duragraph matte black with rose gold trim. I think this was an exclusive that we had. And I believe it was pen number one. I had it in my pen case. I was taking my pens. It was like, an, I think it was an Aston 10 pen case. So it was like all the pens were Are you talking about the Nighthawk? Up. Like an old Nighthawk? No, not a Nighthawk. We had just a regular Duragraph, Duragraph matte black. Really? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So um, this was a couple of years ago. So we were in this building. I was taking a bunch of pens over to be clean because we have a pen cleaning station over near our kitchen. And I had the pen case open and I fumbled it. And the pen case like fell like kind of face down on the ground. Everything was in the case, but just something about the way it hit, it caused the cap to just hit in the right spot. And it basically snapped and like the the I forget what part exactly it was that broke, but basically like the threads on the cap or whatever like snapped out of the cap, and the whole thing was the like, cap broke. No, maybe it was the body that broke. I'm trying to remember because the yeah. body the body broke like at the threads. Yes, those okay. pens, those Duragraphs. If it if they fall, if it, if it hits in just the right that's way, that's where they break. That's yep. what happened. They so do. it was like it was in a case and yep. everything, but I like. It was one of those things where, like, I was carrying several things because when I walk across the building, I'm like, I'm trying to carry multiple things. I had, like, a dish or something for my breakfast or whatever, and I was like, let me let me bring all this stuff over like a goon. And I dropped it, and it broke, and I was like, well, that's irreplaceable. Good job, Brian. I mean, at least it's a relatively expensive pen. So I did that. That was horrifying. Um, let's see here. We've definitely had plenty of, like, shipments and stuff that we've received. I'm thinking about, like, things where it's been an, an entire pallet of ink or, like, boxes of ink. You get like one bottle that breaks, you know, somebody in transit, it gets dropped on a corner or somebody hits it with a forklift somewhere along the way. And if any of those bottles break, it will leak and just ruin oh, yeah. the entire thing. Oh, yeah. So we've had like we've had shipments before where we've gotten ink like that and it gets mishandled in some way and like hundreds of bottles and it get getting covered in ink. Only a couple end up breaking, but if it leaks, it yeah, all ruins everything. So many ruined. So we've had that kind of stuff happen um, here and there. 
Um, so that's not a me specific thing. Let's see here. I had one when I was learning nib grinding. I don't know if you remember this, Drew, but we were we were practicing the technique. I had the same one. Really? I did the same thing. With so we were trying to use like one of Richard Bindard's methods is using a um, exacto knife uh, in trying to like, and he even disclaims in there like this is a risky maneuver. And we were like, well, let's see how risky. And I like immediately was like, ah, this was a huge mistake. I, I later did the same thing. Yeah. So we like tried to put the knife in between the tipping. So like just underneath the tipping between the tines has been the tipping in a little bit. I totally just snapped the weld from the tipping right off. Ruined the nib. I did. I did the same thing. I, I wasn't using, uh, I don't think I was using that, but I was using that same technique. I think I used mm-hmm. a different piece, but okay. I did it, bent it outwards severely. I think I, I think that's and what then, I did too. But then when I bent it back, bent it back, it snapped. That's off. when it snapped. That's exactly what I did. Dang it! Yep. Exactly what I did. This was, mine was a, was a thirty-seven seventy-six Chartres Blue. Love that pen. It's beautiful, and I ruined it. And I was like, "Well, that's two hundred dollars." Yeah. Good job, Brian. Yeah, and I think that Platinum has their three seven seven six models have a tendency to have tight tines. Um, more so, yeah. More so than some other brands. And their tines are like their their nibs, like the gold is thicker on those. So yeah, they're and not, they, they're a well, little stiffer. They also do this weird thing right at the very tip. Mm. They go up and up and up and they kind of go they tilt in, in and a little up, bit. In and yeah. up. It's like they, they have this weird little. I think that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to increase the flow because mine was on an extra fine because there was yeah. not a lot of tipping there to begin with. And I just. Platinum tipping is weird. It's. And I blame the, I blame platinum. I don't because. <laughs> We're an authorized <laughs> retailer, and I appreciate all they do for us. No, but I mean, that was – we had all the disclaimers in the world. We knew what we were doing was risky, yeah. and it was this kind of thing where yeah. you, you do it, and you're like, yep, I'm dumb. I just did that. I knew it was a risk, and I did it immediately, and it just happened quicker than I thought. Because yeah. um, those are some that we had brought with us because we, we mm-hmm. wanted to bring some ones that were problematic, mm. and we brought a couple of Platinums. I think I did mine when, I, when we were back here. It was after we had some training, I think. I'm not sure. Maybe I did it there. No, you did it there. I did it? Yeah. I remember I was sitting right next to you. I tried to block it from my memory, but (laughs) it all flooded back when I got asked this question. Um, Some of the most painful stories I've heard, we've never had this happen, but we've heard it from others. The worst ones are when you hear of like other retailers or vendors or collectors or whoever that go to pen shows and they have stuff stolen at the shows. Not only is it bad because usually it's like a pretty awful financial burden when that happens, but also it's like, Pen shows are just like that's like your safe space. It should be. It's like it's it like be. the place where we bring the community together, and you want to be so trusting. And when you hear of that trust being violated by somebody who violates that, it's just um, it's doubly tragic. So I always hate hearing about and that. It just it, it ruins it for everybody because the, the more that that happens, the the less freedom vendors mm-hmm. are going to feel comfortable giving the viewing public. Yeah, and. I mean, it is a shame. Um, So that's a bummer. Um, Try not to get like too (laughs) too down while answering this stuff. Um, So we had one customer one time that um, going back to the Platinum 3076 Chateau Blue, they wanted to try to clean their pen. They took it upon themselves. This was not advice from us or whatever. Um, So they soaked the pen in pure acetone, which if you're familiar with – I'm not sure exactly what resin that that pen's made of, but most pens are made of acrylic acetate. And if you know anything about an acetate, acetone is the thing that melts acetate. Like literally it is the solvent that melts it. Acrylic acetate is going to be what nail polish is, right? Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah. So acetone is nail polish remover, yeah. basically. So imagine if you had a pen made of nail polish and you put nail polish remover in it. It's going to remove your pen. Literally, it melted, it liquefied the entire pen. So they were left with like a blue puddle with like the nib and the trim ring and the converter metal parts. <laughs> it was like the pen just like vaporized. It was like, wow, that sucks. Um, I wonder so maybe, if an A23 would do that. Probably, yeah, I would imagine. Because I have one that's like all cracked up. And Acetone useless. is like the worst material for most fountain pens because mm. most of them are going to be some kind of like acetate base. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that will melt most fountain pens. So it's kind of cool to see it happen if you want to completely ruin a pen. But yeah, it's not going to come back. Um, we had one customer that soaked a Twisby Classic in – uh, denatured alcohol. Is that the one that turned white and crusty? Yeah. I remember seeing that. So it didn't melt. It didn't liquefy the pen. I don't know what scientific term happened to this thing, but it basically like, it, it certainly broke the, the resin down. It was a black classic pen. It looked like it that. took its soul. Yeah. Like, it, and it just left like a, a <clears throat> decomposed mummified. It was like corpse. all like cracked yeah. and kind of like puffed out. It clearly like, did not do a lot of good yeah. for this pen. It so, took its entire life force yeah, away. Yeah. In general, don't soak any pens in things. Chemicals. Unless you're 100% yeah. certain we should. Um, and then we've heard from numerous customers with like pen-related disasters. I can't recall some specific ones, but lots of ones that are um, pet-related. Sorry, not pen-related. I mistyped in my notes. Pet-related disasters. So either animals getting a hold of like the the funny ones that are not so scary, like when they get a hold of like the packing material and the, the pets like tear them apart and they make a huge mess. Red ink messes um, are always funny because it looks like it, it looks something. like blood. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been a number of customers over the years that have sent us ones where like the pet will get a hold of a pen and either like chew it up or like kind of shake it and get ink all over the place. Or if a pet gets into like a bottle of ink and then there's like paw prints oh, and stuff yeah. all over the house. I mean, we've seen some pictures of some stuff where, I mean, it looks like a crime scene because there's just stuff splattered all over the place yeah. and it's like in the carpet and everything. And it's like, yikes. So you've heard of those types of incidents happening. Um, but yeah, lots of interesting things. But I, I mean, that's that's the most dramatic stuff I've heard about. Have you heard anybody who dropped one of those <coughs> Lama 2000 rings down the sink? I have done that before myself and that retrieved it, but I've never like lost one no, for there good. Been, there have been people that lost them. They reach out oh, to us asking no. if they can get a replacement. <gasps> we have to send them to Lamy. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's upsetting. That is upsetting. I remember I've told you before, I had a a um, Pelican that had a Bender customized flex nib on it. And it was oh, yeah. so good. It was an it was like an ultra extra fine with flex. I remember this one. And I, I was walking in our old building. The where I saw this happen. I was oh. the pen cleaning area was in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. So warehouse had that you know poured concrete floor. Yeah. And I had two things in my hand, and I used the hand I had the pen in to open the door, and it slipped out as I was opening the door. No joke, like four inches into the concrete zone versus the carpet zone. Not like it would have made a huge difference, but the difference was if it hit the carpet, the nib might not have just snapped in half. It might have just bent. <laughs> and yeah, it might have just have bent, which could be repaired. Oh. But the way it happened, no. One tine snapped right off. Not a, not not just at the tipping, like at the at the gold. Yeah. Um, 
on like a customized one of a you know yep one of a kind so that one that one that one was gone that That very much made Mm. me sad Mm. um and then uh before we figured out that taking apart the 2000 was irreparably damaging it yeah i did take apart my 2000 a few times like Um, the piston end of it yeah oh yeah so, I mean, I've seen videos where people do that and they're like clicking the piston and I'm yeah. like, ugh, as long it as can't you, be good for yeah, it. Yeah, if you do it a couple times, it's fine. But we saw like it, it really, it grinds off those notches on the piston. So, yeah, uh, not made yeah I stopped that doing that. So it's not ruined because I stopped doing it. So okay. I stopped. So it's still functioning? Yeah, functions, yeah, yeah, yeah. Functions okay. just fine. So I okay. did it a couple times, but uh, quickly realized it's that. playing with fire. Yeah, needed wow. to stop that before it got worse. Oof. Wow. That's it for that. <clears throat> okay. I had Ra- Rachel had lost a pen for like three years, I think. It was like, a, I think it was a Schaefer uh, 100 or a Schaefer Prelude or something like that. She lost it and it was inked up with something, some kind of magenta ink. And she lost it and I found it. And oh, I've never seen a pen so like crusty. Oh, man. <laughs> so like that is that one. But I was able to clean it out and it got functional again. So that was a disaster, but then it, it turned out okay. There you go. Yeah. Recouping. That's right. I've like thrown pens across the parking lot. Remember when we, pick, we picked up Karis Customs? Yep. And I was like, these are such sturdy pens. I was like, I wonder if I could run over this with my car. And then well, you threw the, the Karis Customs and you ran over the Paniter. I did both. I, did, you did I both? ran over oh, the Karis oh, Customs okay. first. Yep. And then I threw it across the parking lot. And then I was like, it didn't. I didn't get the shot that I wanted, so then I threw it across the parking lot again. Of course. And then that was the shot that we used. So, yeah, I have a very banged up Karis Customs from back in the day. Let us know if you have any ideas on, like, stress testing pens that you'd like us to do. That that's We're a little curious about that. Oh, remember we filled the Twisby Eco with glow stick goo? And we did. Remember that? It melted that, it. That got pretty melty. Yeah, yeah that was fun. That was fun. Kind of like the uh, acetone type thing. I don't know what's in those glow sticks, but probably shouldn't be touching it. Nope. It's a reason they're inside tubes. Yes. Anyway, cool. Tell us your horror stories in the comments because, uh, I don't know, that's fun, I guess. I don't know. It's good to talk about our tragedies. <laughs> yeah, it's like group therapy here. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, next question I got is from Amaryllis L. Happy Fountain Pen Day. You're welcome. Or thank you, whatever. You too. As well. You also have a good dinner. I have a question. What are your favorite funky or funny interesting ink names? See, I got really excited about this because I immediately knew of a bunch. And then you were like, I don't know. I don't have any funky names. Well, I was like, are these like ink names of the brands we carry or ink names that like we would make up. Like if we had to make them up, I just didn't know which route I to did go. Both. Okay. I did both. I've got, a, I say a lot of stupid things. So okay. I, I, it had no, I knew, I knew <clears throat> that you would know more what's happening with this question. And then I would be able to recall things as you talk. Well, the first thing that popped into my head was just how we kind of purposefully butcher, um, uh, regional names like, you know, French and Japanese. Sometimes primarily. it's intentional. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I know that I can't do it right. So I just, try to do it silly like uh karub de chipre that's a that's a good one <laughs> that's a that's a good one to say with a uh, southern accent which yeah. would be like karub de chipre i guess Car- I don't yes know. something like chipre. that chipre. It's a, th- yes. that that end is just barely there like, chipre. Chipre. chipre i don't know i can't do it you just have to barely like just boop it in right there at the end sure. but not like ray chipre. yeah yeah chipre. like yeah, that like really that. quick yeah, yeah. So I don't, I'm just like, all right, Karub cheap, right? Um, or like Hiroshizuku uh, Murasaki Shikabu. Yes, that's a good one. That's right. Diamond Matator. Yeah, Diamond Matator, <laughs> Matador. And uh, yeah, Murasaki Shikabu. <laughs> that's your sheriff of Hiroshizuku Murasaki Shikabu. 
By God. <laughs> I love that. Diamine Matator. <laughs> Wow. And then, of course, uh, wow. uh, Diamine uh, Chocolate Brown. I always think of that viral video where I'm like, Chocolate oh. Brown. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, that's just stupid. And then, for some reason, uh, Ferris Will Press, Peter Moss. I just think of a person named Peter Moss. Peter Moss, yeah. And he's a detective. Oh, there's like a whole backstory here. Yeah. Peter Moss, detective. I okay. think that... There's like a policeman in Peaky Blinders, the TV show, named Detective Moss or something like, or Captain Moss. I don't know. That's so 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 that kind of, I don't know. So now I think of Peter Moss. I'm like that. That's a person. He's a, he's a gumshoe. Okay. He's a problem solver. Okay. If you're down on your luck, and you know you can afford it, Peter Moss is your man. <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, Australis Hydra from Robert Oster. Obviously, we know of the Hydra of mm-hmm, mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Can't help but picture a very, very Australian Hydra with like, you know, I know Crocodile Dundee is absolutely a terrible. <laughs> You're going like terrible. Full tilt stereotypical I, or Australian. Like, 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 like a, a Foster's beer can like in a, one like hand. Like a three-headed Steve Irwin. <laughs> and if you cut off one of his head, another one pops up. <laughs> and wow. he's like with that, wow. with that nice blonde mullety you know, thing. Please, please don't be offended if you're from Australia. Y'all are good sports. I think oh, they're okay. they're amazing people. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> But yeah, I think of like an unstoppable Steve Irwin Hydra. Okay. That uh, cut off one head, two more grown in its There's place. There's probably actual Hydras in Australia because the, the animals and the insects that are down there yeah, are, are terrifying. Yeah, they probably crush one every day before they turn off their alarm clock. <laughs> um, wow. All right. So yeah, as far as uh, stupid ink names that you can just kind of run wild with, mm. I have no shortage of those. And we've we've talked about how Scabiosa and Salix from uh, – Scabiosa – they don't sound sounds like pleasant. a yeah. bad medical condition. Yeah, Salix too. Like got it's a, not got he, a bad case of scabiosis. Yeah, like yeah, Salix. I've, yeah, I I've guess. got like a you know, uh, Salix Salix B. Like oh, that's not good. <laughs> like you, my 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 aunt had Salix B. That's not that's right. That's not good. Yeah. Um, and then Morpheus will press. You know, blushing mushroom. I just insisted that everybody in the office call it blushroom. Blushroom, yeah. And then uh, they later came out with a color called the Velvet Ballet. But yeah. in my opinion, it should either be the Velvet Ballet or the Velvet Ballet. Mm. Like, let's not let's not screw around. All right, let's just let's stick with one a hard T or a. I think yeah. Velvet Ballet. The Velvet Ballet. Uh, I'm yeah. a little partial to the Goulet name here. I think but so. Velvet Ballet. I think so. So those I are the ones it. that I came up with. Um, yeah, that's good. I, I I like stupefying things. That's good. There's probably, if I put like a lot more thought into it, I'd probably think of more, but a couple that did come to mind. Um, this goes way back to before you were even here, Drew. Oh. Back when we just carried. Are you singing Amber Deeper Amber Yeah. Yes. Jerbon. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Amber de Bermani. So it's like a golden yellow kind of a yes. color. Um, but yeah, Rachel's sister would call it Amber de Amber And it's just so funny. Uh, another good one is, is basically anything Bordeaux. Uh, we always just want to say it with like yes. a big Bordeaux. Like, Bordeaux. Like, Bordeaux. I think of, I think of like the big fat guy, <laughs> the big fat, like uncle or whatever <laughs> from, um, um, Sword, Sword in the Stone. Stone. Yes. Yeah. Whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> the big mustache. Carry on. You know. Yes. Boldo. <laughs> so pretty much like anytime that comes up yes. in a company meeting, like when we're talking like new products and all that, if there's a color that's Bordeaux, we're yes. just like Boldo. Yes. And like, yeah. So that's kind of funny. Um, um, what about, do you remember? Uh, our, the first employee we ever had at the Goulet Pen Company mm-hmm. um, pronounced uh, Gerbon Lidete as 
Lie to the. Lie to the. <laughs> so that that pops it up. makes sense. I can't see that. Yeah, that name without thinking of or just, li- lie or, to the or the rusty anchor. You know, redonk. Really danker. Yeah, D apostrophe A. What is it? A, I can't spell visually. A N C R E or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but everybody mispronounces or button that door. Here. Yeah, button door. Yeah, Amber D. But Amber D. That one takes the cake for me. Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, let us know what other ones you guys think are fun. All right. All right. Here, here we go. Question, question number three. This one comes to us from John, and John asks a very good question. In sheer volume of individual sales. What are your top selling pens? Does this list change from year to year or is it fairly consistent? Best selling pens, Brian. Yep. Um, so I think there's a couple different ways you can approach this. Yeah. It seems like it should be a pretty easy question to answer, but it's a little more complicated. Yeah, because you're, well, he does say um, individual sales. So that helps. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm, so I'm going strictly by like volume of pens here because you can certainly look at it in terms of revenue. It's yeah. one way because like when you're comparing Namikis and Viscontis and stuff, that's very different than Platinum Preppies and, you know, uh, Pilot Varsities and Jin Shark Pens. And yeah, stuff he like did, that. yeah, he mentioned volume. Volume. So, so that, I'm thinking like yeah. n- number of units, yeah, so, so to he, speak. He, he gave us some some good qualifiers. So and I appreciate, I do appreciate that. that. I appreciate yeah. that. The thing that complicates it a little bit. So you got the whole volume of pens thing, which so that's good. That That's a good qualifying thing. Um, if you're looking for volume of pens, it's actually easy to see kind of at a glance. If you look at our website, go to shop all fountain pens. I think it even defaults to best selling as the sort function. Um, that is current. We have that programmed, so it actually is showing you the things that are selling the best. We're not like programming things in there that we're just trying to push or whatever. Yeah, it literally is the stuff that people are buying the most. Now, yeah. the logic is a little iffy on that one because sometimes yeah. I've sorted like ink by best selling. I'm like, wait a second, this is not like. So it gets it gets a little complicated yeah. because you know. The thing that gets complicated with pens, and this is where I'll explain it a little bit more. Um, so the best-selling thing, it auto-populates based on what's sold. I don't remember the time period that it's pulling from. And then it doesn't account for things that are out of stock, new releases versus, you know, things that have been around for a while, that kind of stuff. So it's 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 really kind of a somewhat of a snapshot. Um, anything that's out of stock is not even going to have the option to be at the top. That always defaults down below everything that's in stock. So that's where it will, truly will not be accurate. If we're out of stock of a certain pen, it's going to be at the bottom. Um, And then we have other things that get more complicated because um, the the you'll have some pens where it's like there's really just one color of pen, like the Lamy 2000, for example. Your options are limited, so that individual pen will always be near the top, even for volume, as it's a slightly more expensive pen. Whereas a pen like the Platinum Preppy, there's a bunch of different colors. Do you roll all those Custom up? Custom 74. And consider, yeah. Vanishing like, Point. I have a Vanishing Point. There's so many more colors. But yet the A23 with its just two. Right, yeah. right. So there's no one answer to give. You have to get a little more granular depending on what you're going for. And I don't know exactly what you're asking. And, and it's not that important. I Rather than going like super detailed and then telling you it depends and not giving you a real answer, I was like, Let's simplify it a little bit Look and just you. go with some more generality. Look at that. So I'm learning Personal and growing. <clears throat> um, but basically, it's a lot of kind of what you expect, like pens that get talked about a lot, that everybody kind of seems to enjoy, um, ones that are less expensive, models that have a lot of color variations and options to them because they might be more collectible or they have a lot of special editions, limited edition things that keep things interesting and make them popular. Um, you know, it's usually not the craziest stuff. It's one that you're probably not going to be like, 
as drastically surprised. So calculating this in great detail takes more work than you think because we do have to factor in like the various colors, nip sizes, you know, all that kind of stuff. So even if we were to like when we do our own analysis and we come up with stuff for our own kind of benefit, we do it, we, you know, we can look at a snapshot and see, you know, individual skew, which is like a certain pen, certain color, certain nib size, that might be one skew. But if you roll up all the nib sizes, which for something like Sailor might be seven different nibs in one color of pen. And then if you roll up like a Pro Gear Slim of seven different nibs of every single color, you got to roll all that up. You might be talking like 50 different skews and then in what time frame and so on and so forth. So it's it, it kind of depends on how you want to slice up the information. Um, but uh, you all don't care about all those details. So I'm just explaining to you why it's a little more complicated. Um, but I would say the top pens are generally consistent from year to year as a group. But the order of them might change within itself based on new releases, stock issues, pricing changes, and so on that may you know, fluctuate the demand. But in general, you'll see a lot of similar models that kind of float towards the top. <clears throat> And that's where I'm kind of pulling from here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm not going like – sorry, I've got like a little bit of a <clears throat> thing. I'm still still getting over a little something last week, but I'm, I'm fine. You got too much Bordeaux. Too much Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no Bordeaux. This is this is coffee in here. You <laughs> like my little snow, snow bear mug there? It's like it's getting towards wintertime. That's ish. right. It's time you for know. snow bear mug. Yeah, that's right. I'm wearing my pre, pre-winter – Sweater. This is like yeah. You're like flirting with I'm, holiday sweater. Is that, this is this a holiday sweater? You, I don't know. You could I mean, argue this, this looks you like got a snowflake. snowflakes. It's just like, but it's a very large abstract snowflake. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing what I want to see. Maybe it's like a Rorschach snowflake. But I mean, no, I'd say they're definitely, me, they're definitely snowflakes. Yeah, I think it's. I it might actually be the perfect sweater for right now because we talked before this pencast tangent, but I was like, Drew, should we wear some sweaters? Because Rachel got me a new sweater that is awesome and i can't wait to wear it but some people feel very firmly about waiting till after thanksgiving before wearing like christmas themed stuff no. or like the more intentional holiday christmas decorations are going up this weekend for me really oh yeah pre-thanksgiving yep okay did it last year too okay well, wow this, this is the thing see i can see that because i'll you get, get like, started anyway i might not do it all yeah do, a little, do half now half thanksgiving weekend okay. probably okay yeah fair enough um we gotta do double uh Santa Jaws sweaters, too. Oh, that'll definitely happen. All right. Do you want to kick that off? Maybe we should do that. We don't have to talk about this on camera. I'll be surprised. I don't know. Let us know what you all think because we'll, uh, we'll get to – yeah. We'll just double up. Well, I'll, wear, I'll wear both just to be sure. I'm not kidding. Oh, God. Um, you so hot. I would be so – I'm going to be hot anyway. Sweater time is not a good time for Brian. Um, anyway, uh, so back to the question. Um, Bringing it back from the tangent. So uh, I would say that the pens that kind of generally float to the top of the list volume wise are going to be pens in like the sub $50 range. Maybe not a huge shock um, because those are ones that more people can afford of and they can buy multiples of them. Right. Right. Um, so, so I kind of broke it into like the, the steel nib ones and then I, I have some of the gold nib ones that were floating nearer the top um, on our site. The pens that – and this is not in like a specific order. I'm just speaking about the ones that tend to be towards the top. Uh, probably not shocker. Pilot Metropolitan, always up there. Platinum Preppy, actually. There's a lot, lot of different versions of that. But, Love the Preppy. Um, Preppy's solid. Twisby Eco. Definitely. Uh, New Ahab actually float up there quite a bit. Now there's like a billion colors. Yeah. So no one pen. Like the clear, I think, is the most popular. But when you roll them all up, surprisingly popular. Pen. We have fewer colors than we used to, though. That's true. Like, That's true. Far fewer. I mean, they used to have, what, 
Nathan had what, like 60 yeah, colors or we, something we, like that at one really, point? We've really cut back on we those. Have. But we um, have, yeah. yeah, it's it's surprising that they're still still going strong. Still up there. Still that? up there, yeah. It was like a, towards the, it was like second or third line on the page. Wow. Uh, Lamy Safari, not a shocker. That one is one where like the special edition will totally skew. Yeah. Like the special edition is usually the number one pen of any given year, depending on what time frame you're pulling. Um, Twisby 580, also up there. A lot of variants of that. I guess I'd roll the like, AL and the ALR kind of into some, that yeah, as some well. Some of those are over 50, aren't they? Uh, they can get there, yeah. yeah. The basic 580 is right at 50, gotcha. but, you know, the different variants can get above that. Yeah. I even think that the, uh, isn't just the stub nib over 50? It is, yeah. Just the barely nib, puts it like over. 55 yeah. or something, yeah. Um, Diplomat Magnum as well. Oh, there you nice go. Little $20 right, pen. Yeah. Uh, Conklin Duragraph, a lot of different variations of that one. So that's one that can really swing wildly depending on which versions they've come out with. Uh, and Pilot Varsity, too. Now, that one, it's like you have individual colors. You have the, like, seven-pack and all that. So if you roll them all together, there's quite a few Varsities as I'm well. I'm a little sour at this, Brian. Why? What? What? Okay. You, you want, what, what do you want on here that's not on here, Drew? I see you Twisby Swipe? You want Swipe to be on here? I do. Swipe was not that high up on the list. Dang it. Come on, people. But it's not... I don't know. I don't know what. All right. I, what, yeah, what, I don't know what, what time frame it's pulling. From what other site. pen do you think I should that I want on here? Uh, I don't know. Pilot Explorer. Explorer. Yeah, that pen should be more popular. It should be the Kakuno too. That should be more popular. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Come on. Parallel was kind of up there. There, there were some some that started to get up there a little bit more. The Explorer wasn't really that close on the list. I mean, I get though. the Ahab because it's a unique writing experience. It's because of the flex nib, yeah. But Kakuno is like. A solid little pen. Like if if the preppy is good bang for your buck, then the Kakuno is just as much bang for your buck. Yeah. God, man. I'm going to tell you, man. I'm going to tell you. All right. Um, there are some other pens that like, I don't know where they fall volume wise compared to these other ones because it's so hard to compare. But if we wanted to jump up to some gold nibs, you know, just to give you some variety here, ones that are near the top, Lamy 2000, obviously pretty up there. Pilot VP, there's a billion colors of that that we've had. Um, Pilot Falcon, pretty solid as well. E95S, that one comes and goes a lot with stock. Um, and then Pilot Custom 823 is very solid performer as well. Why, why don't we expensive. have a Falcon cry that happens every time we say that? And- um, good question. Good question. When we did the when we did the Monteverde Nighthawk way back in That's the day, right. I got like a stock like Girl, I like, want that every time in that video. But I haven't done that in the Falcon ones. Yeah. Every time I say Falcon. If you Google like what a Falcon actually sounds like, it's not like what you think of from the movies. It's not like the – you typically what you have like is a hawk, like yeah. that type of a like, – I've heard, I've a heard Falcon that. is more like – I don't even know the sound that it makes, but Google it. It's You're like, oh, that's not I think distinct. that the same is true about lions. Yeah. I think lions really? are just like, like rah, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound like the T Rex. It doesn't sound. Jurassic it it Park, doesn't right? sound like the the MGM uh, intro. Oh yeah. Wait, something from like the movies is not real. Yeah, but I that's like the that's like the lion sound everybody thinks of. Yeah, is that true. MGM lion. I did hear that when they did the original Jurassic Park and they were coming up with the um, the Tyrannosaurus roar. It's got a very distinct, like terrifying oh, yeah. roar, and of course nobody actually knows what a T Rex sounds like. Um, one of the things that they used when they did it, it was like, it was very high pitch and it was like, they needed something low to like, give it kind of a rumble. And I heard that a lion's roar was like the thing that gave it the low oh. rumble. Yeah. They do so, have a solid roar. Yeah. Um, but it's just not, 
It's not the one in the movies. Yeah. I think they use like a tiger or something like that for that. I don't know. Oh, that's, yeah, that could be a, yeah. I yeah. don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, neither do I. But anyway, all right. That's all I got for that one. All right. You got anything to add? Uh, no, no, no. That's cool. That's it. All right. Well, I know y'all have probably seen enough of Drew. So I thought uh, we we're going to give you a break and let him sit this next question out. And we're going to go grab Adrian, our customer care manager. And her and I are going to talk about our bottom shelf process. So hang tight. And we'll be right back with no Drew. All right. Well, now that we got Drew out of here. Yeah. Uh, good riddance. <laughs> Adrian worked very closely with Drew for quite some time. So she is no stranger to Drew's uh, charm. Yes. Drew and so. I can have conversations <laughs> almost as long as the conversations you guys have. That is scary. And the three of us in a room, <laughs> we would just never leave. <laughs> That's very true. We have to watch the clock because yeah. – We'll be like, oh, it's dark outside now. Yeah, okay, gotta, we should probably leave. We have families. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Adrian, we got a question for you, and I thought you'd be a great one to bring in okay. to help us answer this. So this is from Joseph NL7, or N capital I7. I can't really tell which. Uh, <laughs> could you please explain the bottom shelf? Where do these used pens come from? And since you do not accept returns of these products, what is the guarantee that you provide? Excellent, excellent question. So – our bottom shelf is really, really cool because it is pens that for some reason didn't meet what the customer wanted. Mm -hmm. Usually we see things like they were unsure of a nib size, so maybe they ordered a fine, but they'd really prefer an extra fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost always preferential in nature. They didn't like the color. They didn't like how heavy it was. So while the pens have been purchased by somebody else first and used, they are still in really great condition. They, um, when they come back to us, generally via a return, there's sometimes, you know, something from photography or... Yeah, it could be something like we notice a small defect on it. Yeah, we're pretty, yeah. We're honestly pretty picky. Yeah, we're, when it comes we're to the, picky about stuff. stuff that goes on like we, on the bottom shelf. Correct me if I'm wrong. We sometimes get customers that they're like, I bought this on the bottom shelf. Like, what's wrong with it? I can't yeah. see what's wrong. And we're like, well, it's got this little scuff right here. It's got, here. It's got like, you know, the tiniest This little scratch, scratch under the clip. And they're yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know. We are kind of picky. We're we're picky, um, but in a good way. Yeah. Because we not only do are we picky with what goes on the bottom shelf, before we put any pins on the bottom shelf, we do test them for function. Mm -hmm. Because we do know that with it being something you can't easily return to us, we want to make sure that we're giving the best possible outcome yeah. there. Um, there are times when occasionally our testing isn't going to show something. It, it could be something ever so slight, like, a slight rotation on the nib means it doesn't write as well or something. Mm -hmm. So if there is an, a defect that we just didn't catch, we right. will absolutely work with you and get it back and do whatever we need to do to make it right. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> make it right, but make it right for <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, nice. Nicely yes. done. I, I do love, I do love the puns. Yes. Um, but if it's something where you are also just, it's not meeting what you want, you know, mm. you're like, oh, I love fine pens, but still it's a brand uh, that doesn't have the nib that you want or something. Mm. We might be able to offer some tips to try, maybe some little troubleshooting. You know, try a different ink, try a different paper. Mm -hmm. 
we don't have any guarantees on it because so yeah. much about pens are personal. I mean, even with our brand new pens, we don't guarantee that you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. We guarantee that we're going to work with you and yeah. give you the best information we can. Yeah, pretty um, much. It's like some of these things might fall slightly outside of warranty type of a situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, like basically we don't feel good selling a pen as new if a customer has ever used it. Yeah, that's just not we, fair. If we've like used it and tested it very intentionally, like that's one thing. And even then, it's that's pretty rare that we would even do that. Yeah. Um, we, you know, uh, are more in a situation where it's going out to a customer, it comes back, the pen operates perfectly fine. Yeah, it's just not new. It's we just can't sell it new. Yeah, and we will if there's something like actually wrong with the pen, like yeah. whatever the clip snapped off, or uh, we wouldn't even really put happen. that on. I, yeah, or like the packaging is it gets returned yes. and there's no box yes. or something like Perfect that. Example. Pen's fine, but no box. That, that would be shelf. a good example. Yeah. yeah. So there might not or, even be anything wrong, really. Yeah. Something something super simple, super easy. But yeah. we do test every pen that goes on the bottom shelf to make sure mm. it's going to perform as it, as it ought to perform. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there are some things that never actually make it out to a customer. Like we might get stuff that gets damaged in transit to us. Yes. Notebooks. You know? mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times we'll see notebooks on the bottom shelf or, you know, one tiny corner is crunched or yeah. ink bottles where there was maybe a, there was a, a bottle broke in transit, but it stained some other. Just talked about that earlier. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We'll try to use those for samples if we can because the can. ink is still good. Yeah. But like if the outer box is ruined, but the bottle's perfectly fine. We can do that. Though. Yeah. It's usually weird. It's all weird stuff, weird scenarios. And we will always put in the description for the bottom shelf what is going on with it. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, it'll say something like this pen has been gently used, but does not come with a box. Mm-hmm. Or uh, this pen has been gently used, but does not have a converter. So you might, that's part of the reason the discount is there, because you might have to supply your own converter. Yeah. Um, and you can always reach out to the customer care team plug for info at gulaypins.com there you go and ask about a specific product because we've all seen them and we'll be able to tell you more information on it awesome yeah so there it's pretty you go. fun yeah so yeah. it's a good benefit i mean we've been doing that oh gosh i think rachel and i started doing that not long like a few months after we started the business and it was an actual <laughs> bottom shelf in your garage i right? mean that was kind of like the well i guess the original <laughs> name kind of came from like when you're at like the whatever abc store or the liquor store oh. like the stuff that's like usually worse or if you're at like yeah I don't know, most retail stores, you might have like a clearance section or a, yeah. a, a um, what are the other words I use for like stuff that's damaged, like shelf worn type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Open box special type things. There you go, yeah. You know, display items, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we'll we'll take the costs off, like we'll discount mm-hmm. it accordingly based on how bad we think it is. But most of the yeah. stuff, honestly, is really in pretty good shape. It's, yeah, it's really So it's good. usually not anything crazy, but you can always reach out with questions and we'll try to provide you the best service we can yep. pretty much no matter what you're buying. We'll, we'll do our best. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adrian. Sure. Thanks, Brian. It's been Brian. a delight. It was great to see you. You too. I guess bring Drew back in here. And, uh, okay. Oh, well, that's what we got. <laughs> thank you. Welcome back, Drew. That was great. Good thank to you. have you here. Yes. I just went and did some hand modeling for the photo department. There you go. Yeah, I got to hand model this pen, actually. The Diplomat Nexus. Yeah, we yeah. took some pictures with it doing some drippy drip action, Yeah, which we'll talk about more. Ben but, was uh, telling me that you uh, got ink all over the place after he said, wow, Drew, you didn't get ink all over anything. And then you just like. Pfft. That's not correct. It was me that said, wow, I didn't get ink all over uh, everything. And then I proceeded to so get you ink everywhere. you yourself. Yes. So you, you don't know. believe everything you hear, Brian. Well, he was saying it from outside the room and I. Yeah, I I heard what I wanted to hear. I okay, dang it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, last question of the week. 
is, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to answer this, and neither are you. No. We're going to save this question. We have a more qualified person. A very much more qualified <laughs> person uh, by the name of Ian Schoen. hey Who owns Schoen Design, who is making pens, and for the first time ever, we're able to sell them, and that's really exciting. Sweet. So we have some currently available. You can check those out. I'll have a link here and in the description. But um, to celebrate this exciting collaboration, we're going to have Ian uh, give his thoughts on this question. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think I'm just going to turn it right on over to Ian. So, hey, Goulet Pencast, it's me, Ian Schoen of the Schoen Design Pen Company, coming at you from Philadelphia from my manufacturing facility. So you can see behind me, there's a ton of machinery, a lot of tools, <laughs> barrels, material, pens. There's all kinds of stuff in here. This is where we manufacture, make, assemble, check, test, design, engineer all of our fountain pens. Every single one of our fountain pens is manufactured here in this very space in Philadelphia from raw material. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, so thank you to Drew and Brian for inviting me on the pencast this week. We have a question. We have a question that I'm going to read from a reader, and we're going to talk a little bit about fountain pen reliability. Okay. And then we're going to talk a little bit about our pen collab because I don't know if you saw, but we have a pen together, the Goulet, Goulet Schoen, a full-size edition fountain pen, and we have a Pocket 6 on the site. So let's talk about both of those. Let's talk about pen reliability. Let's dive in. So the Q&A portion, okay, let's see, Q&A, we have a question from Jameson. Hey, Jameson, how are you doing today? Hope you're having a great day. All right, cool. I was curious what you consider to be the most reliable pen. Oh, fantastic question. Not so much in terms of lifespan, but in its ability to recover from storage without cleaning and always puts down ink when you need it to. Nice. We're talking about a pen that probably doesn't dry out. Nice. Let's, let's keep going. I do a lot of projects and drawings and often find myself switching to a ballpoint midway, midway through the process to make it quicker. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. I'd really like a pen that's going to give me the best reliability for keeping at my work desk. I have a Twisby Eco T that's very good at not drying out, but the nib doesn't fit very well against the feed. And once there's a gap, I have to reposition it. Yikes. Every other pen I own, VP, Niponset, I hope I pronounced that right, Safari, a few other cheapies, even can't even get close on the reliability front. Fascinating. Okay, crazy. So, uh, <laughs> first off, I'm all about reliability and functionality. I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. And when I wanted to make a fountain pen in this space, that was like one of the top tier reasons to make a pocket fountain pen. For me, it had to be like uh, leak proof, durable, but, but enough about me, enough about me. Let's talk about the pieces of a fountain pen that make the fountain pen reliable. So first off, we have to have a way to hold ink. So um, let's look at a couple different pens on the Goulet website. I took a little a browse before this. We have uh, the Esterbrook Esty and the Edison Collier. And then we have the full-size Schoen Design fountain pen. So these three pens, in my mind, have a similar value proposition, right? They are made from uh, really cool materials and have great finishes, but they also, all three of them, use a Yovo number no. 6 nib and a Schmidt K5 converter. So let's talk about the converter first. The converter is the way that we hold the ink in the pen and the way that we fill the pen. But you already knew that. 
The Schmidt K5 converter can be replaced easily. You can, you know, if it gets damaged or um, if it's if there's an issue and there's whatever, if you have a problem with it, you can take it out and replace it for under 10 bucks, right? It's, it's a, a replaceable part of the fountain pen. That's really nice because the way that you manage ink is also the way that you make sure that there's no air entering through the back of the pen, which is really important if you don't want your pen to leak out everywhere. Um, so ink management, those three pens, equal Schmidt K5 repairable replaceable excellent the next thing we're going to talk about is the nib of these three pens so those three pens all use a, uh, a Yovo number six fountain pen nib uh, and they're all steel nibs so the reason I bring this up is because I actually have found that the feeds on the Yovo pens are really awesome they're easy to clean unless you use a bunch of shimmer ink or some like crazy pigmented ink, but for the most part, they're easy to clean. They work really well. And um, I don't know, they're just, they're just really consistent. And another thing about these three pens is let's say you go to a pen show and you have one ground and tuned specifically to your specifications and you love this nib in your Estabrook or in your Edison or in your Schoen design. You could actually unscrew that nib unit if it's a, you know, again, confirm if it's outside of those three pens, confirm that it's a number six Yovo nib before doing so, consult your manufacturer, but you can unscrew those nibs and actually swap them between the pens. So if you find a nib that you really like and it's of the Yovo number six uh, size and threading, not a Bach number six because those don't thread the same as the Yovo. But if you really like that nib, you can swap them between the pens and, uh, you know, you can kind of like switch your bodies but have the nib be the same. So that's really nice. And for me, that's really important. So uh, I decided to use a Yovo number six, kind of following the footsteps of other makers from the fountain pen community, fountain pen scene for this very reason. Um, the other thing you could look at, and there's always there's always pros and cons here, but the other thing you could look at is, uh, as a part of the, the Schoen Design series, they ha we have a, a little O-ring inside of our cap. And I'm gonna hold up an Ultem pen just to kind of show you uh, the O-ring. So this O-ring here is also present inside of the full-size Schoen Design found pen and the Pocket 6. And that O-ring, when it seals the cap, keeps the nib very wet. And I have several pens, uh, that I've had in my personal collection for several years that have been inked and not cleaned for that entire time and have not dried up once. Again, there's pros and cons to this and I won't get into it too much, but uh, having a tightly fitting cap is really great for keeping a fountain pen from drying out because if the cap fits uh, without an O-ring or it's a little bit of a looser fit or there's an air gap, uh, that pen is gonna constantly, the ink is gonna be constantly desaturating over time and getting, or saturating over time, getting thicker and the, the water content is gonna be dissolving out. So gotta be careful about that. Uh, so for me, I love a pen that seals closely for that reason. Um, building on that, when I started making pens about 12 years ago, I designed my first pen around a Fisher Space Pen ink cartridge because it's the most reliable ink cartridge for a ballpoint. However, it is one of the most, controversial polarizing ink cartridges when it comes to ballpoints because it writes kind of gummy and gunky and a lot of folks don't like that. So uh, for me, reliability was high up on the traits that I was designing towards when I was manufacturing my first pens. Um, so great question, Jameson, near and dear to my heart. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, hope that, I hope that answers your question. Uh, thanks to Thanks to Goulet for having me on this pen cast. Definitely check out our limited edition full-size fountain pen that we're doing with Goulet uh, and the Pocket 6 that we did with Goulet. Uh, really exciting opportunity. Really happy to have made those pens for them. Um, and yeah, 
with those pens, if you have an Edison Collier and you have uh, an Esterbrook SD, you could literally unscrew those nibs and swap them out between the pens to mix and match a little bit, which would be kind of cool. I think the SD comes with a gold toned Yovo number no. six in steel. Uh, you could swap that and put that gold one in your Edison or you could put it in your Shondine. You could swap them around. Pretty fun. Uh, so for me, I love interchangeability. I love like robust engineering systems. So that's like really great for me. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks again uh, for having me on the pencast. If anyone has any follow on questions, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at shown underscore DSGN uh, or uh, check out our website and uh, definitely check out the Goulet pen collab. Uh, those are live on Goulet's site right now for a limited time. We did two colors with them. I'm not going to talk about them. I'll let you just have a look. All right, have a look. Peace. Oh, and before I go, Drew, uh, you asked me about reliability and how we check reliability of our pens inside of the Show and Design Studio. Let's actually have a look at how we assemble and check our nibs right now together. Okay. First things first, we'll do an inspection of the nibs under a microscope to make sure that the tines are aligned with each other and that the slit is consistent or within range for that specific nib size. These three Yovo mediums, you can see there's a little uh, inconsistency between them, but you know that's why we check and that's why we have a look and we can make any adjustments before we wanna assemble the nibs. And then over here, we actually have our custom built, shown design, manufacturing facility, exclusive nib assembly jig. So we're gonna go ahead and operate this bad boy together. We're gonna do some nib assembly. All right, so the first step in the assembly process is to take our feed, our housing and our nib and assemble them roughly together without pressing them together so that we have the nib a specific distance from the feed and then the feed pressing the housing in the correct orientation. Uh, this is like our pre-work. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll set up a couple nibs so that they're at this stage ready for their final press. Then let's go ahead and look at our circuit here. So we have one circuit that controls the pressing function and we have a regulator up here that controls the amount of force that this ram pushes. Though it's very fast, it's actually not exerting a lot of force. So the force is controlled by the regulator for this unit and then for this, this bit over here we have what's called a pneumatic gripper. And this is what grips the front of the nib. So let's go ahead and assemble this together. First step, we'll take the nib and we'll assemble it or we'll place it carefully in the gripper. All right, once it's in the pneumatic gripper, we'll go ahead and run the ram. We'll wait a couple seconds for the pressure to reach its max potential. We'll back it off, and then we'll do a final check to make sure that all the pressing went well, and we'll ensure that everything is in good shape and ready to, to be uh, sent out to a customer. Let's do that one more time, just so you have another shot at this assembly process. We'll take the nib, we'll grip it in the gripper, we'll press it in the ram, and we'll have a look at it. Beautiful. Now what we're looking for with the Yovo nibs, and again, this is a, every, every different brand is gonna do this differently, but we like a small gap between the nib and the feed here. So this distance here is very important for us. And then this distance from the feed back to the housing is also very, uh, very crucial for us. Um, so yeah, that's our nib assembly process. It's another way we manage quality in our studio. Alrighty. That was delightful. I love seeing his shop. He's got such a great operation going there. So and, cool. And he's been doing this for a long time too. Like he's very he, legit. He yeah. is. He's. A, he's a. He's a. You know. It seems like he's a one man thing, but uh, he's been in manufacturing for quite some time. So he's got a lot of experience under yeah. his belt, and it shows in the quality of his products and the just overall efficiency of his whole situation. So it's yeah. very cool to see. And he's just such a likable dude. Come on. Of course. He's just a 
good dude all around. You can find more of his stuff at shown underscore design. And that is his last name, S-C-H-O-N underscore D-S-G-N on Instagram. And of course, his website as well, where he sells many, many more pens. Um, you should definitely buy the ones that we're selling. But if you don't like those, you can get more over in the shown world. Yep. All right. And that does it for the Q and the A Woo. this we week, there. Brian. We got there. Yeah. We did. But we're not done. Nope. We got more. We do. Um, we are going to do a spotlight on the Diplomat Nexus. All right. Yes, Drew. All we got right. a pen. We got a quite a pen. We do. We do. I'm going to let you unbox clear, this monstrosity. Yeah. And I'm going to record. I don't you know. You're the unboxing. experienced hand model here. Oh well, I've already experienced it. I I, I know okay, this come. is. This is old hat to me now. Okay. Well, we don't want old hat. We, we want, want new, new hat. New pen. Monbados hat. Okay. So you tell me when you're ready and we're going to unbox this I'm ready, this man. Thing. Unbox this beast. All right. So Diplomat, familiar looking outer packaging. They got a nice cardboard sleeve here, which ugh, I want to, I'm going to use my official pen box opening device. This is our little trick to not destroy the flaps. Good man. Okay, so a lot of that thing is huge. It's really, really big. So if you're familiar with like getting an Arrow or any of the other diplomat pens, they have their own kind of cool design with the the boxes where it's an aluminum uh, kind of you know shell, I guess, or aluminum wrapping, and then it's got the box inside that you kind of slide through. And this is just like a bigger, more extended version of that. Oh, hello. Banged my bear mug. <laughs> Whoa. The flap. Look at that Nexus. Nexus. Ooh, look at that too. Nexus. Oh, it's like inset in there. This is this is classy. This is Nexus level right, right here. So what do we got here? I always feel like I got to open up this stuff first and then I throw it out of the way. Diplomat links your emotions. It does. I feel linked right now. All right. Thank you for buying. Dunked Ikenflurden Kopf. I butchered that, but that's how you say it. Um, oh, look at this! It's got like pictures in there. So this one is is interesting because it fills in a kind of a different way than some others. But um, spoiler alert: it's basically using an eyedropper. So if you're familiar with an eyedropper filling process, you're going to be like, "Oh, that's all this is." Okay, I'll move on. But there's some other cool things going on that I'll explain to you as I'm unboxing. Th- okay, I'm just going to set that aside. There you go. So inside here we have the pen. We have a bottle of ink with some extra stuff happening here. It's a little holder. Look at this. It's like a little display stand. And, and that's actually, it's like, a, it serves a purpose. It's, it does serve a purpose. So it's, it holds your ink. It's got some nice foam in here. And then it actually holds your uh, pen in here as well. So we'll get this thing out of here. And then there's like a secret hidden compartment underneath here. <gasps> yes. I know how much you like I want, I want to play through. that Zelda. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then you have a couple of, you know, Drew, I know you're a fan of these things. I am. Not syringes. Drop control, baby. But you got your droppers. So um, these are the little pipettes. And, uh, yeah, these are what you use to do eyedropper fill the pen. So, um, of course, you do whatever you want with your box. But really the bulk of what you're going to be dealing with here is this situation right now. So there's two different parts to it. You have your cap and your body. This is nothing new. And then I forget how this is supposed to go in here, Drew. Oh, here we go. Okay. If I read the instructions. It's for dropifying it. Show. So this side on the right. That's right. Is that right? Or does it go the other way? 
the right. That way? Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. So I guess you could do it either way, right? No. I mean, it sort of works. No, it's probably meant Unacceptable. this Unacceptable. Again, let me look for the instructions. RTFM, Brian. Okay, yeah, they have it. So they have it on the, this side is on the left. This side is on the right. The reason it's different is because this side is just foam and this one's got a little plastic insert here. So that's kind of handy. I guess this is because if your ink drips out of the grip section, it's contained and doesn't get your foam Ooh. all that messy. I didn't think about that. So let me explain <clears throat> how the pen actually works. So you're familiar with the process of a fountain pen. It's nothing too unfamiliar. Uh, so it's an all metal pen. It feels, feels very robust, decent length, decent heft. Um, it has a rod in it like you would think a vacuum filling pen, but it doesn't actually unscrew or anything in the back. So it's an eyedropper fill. It's not like the Opus 88 where, or, or a Namiki Emperor where it's an eyedropper fill, but it still has a slidey part in the back. This part, it's fixed. So it has a rod going through the middle and then it is fixed right here. And then the part that actually moves and I don't know, initiates, I guess, with that rod is actually the grip of the pen. So you can see it actually moves like this, which doesn't serve any purpose while you're actually writing with it. But when you cap it, what it's doing as you're twisting it down, whoops, as you're twisting it down, like when I get to right here, I can feel it's making contact. And then as I'm twisting it down, what it's doing is it's pushing that grip on there. And that rod that has the seal on the end of it is now being engaged and it's closing the pen. So normally what closes that gasket is the knob at the end of a vacuum fill or yeah, like a, a like a Twisby Vac 700 yeah, or in the case of like a Namiki Emperor um, right it's a it's an it's a threaded knob. Exactly. So this or one Opus 88 does the same thing. Yep. So this one the rod is fixed. So fewer parts and you don't have to deal with any knobbage over there on the end. And it allows it for more, I guess, conventional kind of look to it. But you still get those benefits of having that sealed off chamber. So all of the ink that's in the grip section and all that is going to be, you know, able to be written with, um, you know, just like, well, actually, no. So this is different. So normally with a vacuum filling pen, the most annoying part of it is that you have to unscrew that knob periodically. Because basically when you have the, the knob screwed all the way down, that seal is engaged there and you only get to write with what's in the grip here. Right. But this one is basically doing it automatically. So it closes off that seal when the pen is capped. And then when it's uncapped, it's opening it back up and allows the ink chamber to I love that. basically open up again. I love that. It's effortless. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I would say if you're going to be flying with this pen and you only have a little bit of ink and you have a lot of air in here, you should still turn the pen upward when you uncap it because that'll allow air to like kind of burp out of there. Um, and you would want to kind of do the same thing with the vac filling pen. You don't want a lot of ink in between a lot of air, um, especially when you are traveling and changing altitude and stuff like that, um, particularly when you're going up because you're dropping in air pressure. Um, and it's going to be more likely to burp. Going down, it's not a big a deal. Anyway, I'm overcomplicating it, but um, that's basically how this thing is working. So really... In terms of how you write with the pen, you're just capping and uncapping it, and you're writing with it like any normal pen. You don't have to sweat it. Um, but then the design of the pen here, the th thing that's only thing that's different in terms of you actually using the pen, you just set your cap aside. You have your you can have this ink, you can have whatever other ink you want. Um, but basically, you um, just open up your bottle. Which oh, this is sealed. Oh, okay, so my little cap there. This da da da. There we go. Um, and then all I'm going to do is just use and fill 
you know, in here and I can, you know, so you can get a good view. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to kind of drip it in here, fill it up as much as I feel like, and then be on my merry way. So I just give it a little bit of a squeeze. Going to fill it up. I don't remember offhand exactly how much it takes to fill it. You don't want to like gush the stuff in there, but because it's easy to, you know, kind of over, overshoot it. But I can see in there because it's got an ink window. I can see that it's filling. It's a little more than halfway. Okay, so it took that was two mils right there. Jeez. So that's pretty good amount. So that's another mil, I guess. I'm not like super paying attention to how high it's getting here, but you you can pretty much fill Whoa. it all the way. Well, I got three mils right there. And honestly, we're pretty close to the top there. So it does a little over three mil. That's just a good amount of ink. And then you just cap it on here. So it's got a, it's got a, you know, O-ring seal right there. And, and I believe then, that's a different type of O-ring, like not just a standard rubber. That's one of those. It looks like, uh, the you different know, colors mean the red things. is like a, I want to say it's like nitrile or maybe remember. something like that. Yeah. There's different types of rubber, but I mean, Diplomat doesn't do things halfway. So I would assume that's going to be pretty solid. Uh, there you go. And so then when it's closed up like that, I don't know that this is like going to like pump it and force anything through. So like any other eyedropper pen, you need to kind of like let the ink kind of get down into the pen. Um, and I don't know that I have any paper. You got your paper over here, Drew. Can I grab your notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right on the back of it. And then, um, so there's two different colors of this right now. There's the blue and the black. There we go. That wasn't bad. I just took a few seconds to kind of let it sit there. And uh, now it's flowing out. So this one here is a uh, extra fine, apparently. There you go. The nib's nice and smooth. Yovo makes their nibs. And uh, yeah, their blue ink, I haven't had a lot of experience because I don't think we regularly carry the Diplomat ink, but it's a pretty conventional, like, you know, washable blue, kind of that royal blue kind of color. Um, feels very smooth though. And uh, yeah, gosh, over three mils. This is going to write friggin' forever. Brian, um, I really like this pen. Really? I really do. This, like, this has won me over. It's... It, it's not every day. It's very simple. Like it's very clean, like kind yeah, of minimalist. It is, and it feels good. The It doesn't feel too gimmicky, but also kind of gimmicky, but like gimmicky <laughs> in a fun way. It's got a lot of, it's got some heft to it. I will say that. And to me, it feels a little bit back weighted. I don't know if it's because of the rod or whatever going back here. So that is one thing, you know, to kind of take into account. I like that. I don't like the weight being in the front. It doesn't really, it doesn't post. Not that you, not that it needs to, because honestly, it's kind of heavy and it would feel really lopsided if it did. But yeah, I dig it. I mean, the nib's going to feel good because if you have an arrow or anything like that, it's the same nib, so it's going to feel really good. I just um, like that so it's a completely new thing. It's, it's a new twist on an old thing. The step's not too bad. Like it's a thread, but it's really thick, and it's got like that acme like square thread. So it's not it's not a sharp thread. Um, it feels pretty smooth. When you do it, I did have a little trouble catching it like one or two times on there because you got a big fat square thread like that. Like it's got to catch basically in one spot because it's not a – most yeah. pens are a triple start thread. So you got to kind of start it in the right place. But I think they had to do that in order to engage the mechanism, uh, you know, securely. But very secure cap on there. It's Gosh, it unthreads in like like three quarters of a turn or maybe a full turn. So it's very elegant to just undo like that. So, yeah, there you go. Big Diplomat logo in the top little drop of ink there in the clip. Very clean, very simple. And you get some decent packaging. It would make good for a gift set too, you know. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but the blue pen comes with blue ink and the black pen comes with black ink. I think I meant to say that and I sort of forgot to complete my thought. But there you go. That's what we got. That's the Diplomat Nexus. That is really cool. I love that. 
You dig I really it? do. I, I like. I don't think. I don't know if I would buy one, but I'm really glad they exist. Yeah, and it's fun. It's clever. There's a lot. There's some fun German engineering happening, and mm-hmm. I always love to see that. All right. Now that we've gotten all the worky work stuff out of the way, we get to goof off the rest of the episode, Drew. So, what has been happening? Because we have got several weeks to cover. Man, here I don't now. remember. You don't remember? I don't remember what, Come on. what happened. What about your daily journal that you keep? Oh, right? Dude, I do not keep no, it. No, sometimes I have, a day? I have. Anything? No, now? that starts in 2023. Really? You're doing that? I don't know. I've got one. Ask me again in 2023. I a few years ago. I could have like a five year gap and then start it back up again. Yeah. Anybody yeah. in posterity who looks at my stuff, they're going to be like, what was this guy doing? He has like 25 notebooks with sporadic days from certain months in here and this over there. Like, you're going to be like this guy. No, I think I, no, I, I can do it. <laughs> um, I think that next year I'll do it whenever Archer is doing his homework because um, okay. that's a good time for me to do it. We can both do some writing. There you go. Um, however, good example. during the summer – I don't know what I need things to trigger me when it comes to uh, consistency and habit. Okay. Um, so I don't know what my summer trigger will be. We'll see. Clearly, you need to have homework assignments. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> no um, thanks. But yeah, so uh, we both did take a week off. You took it off for some businessy, boring, lame stuff, and I took it off just for mm-hmm. fun because you were gone, and yeah, you know it was worth celebrating. Yeah, you're like Brian's not here. I can goof yeah. off. Woo. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, no, but I was super lazy, man. I just, yeah. I mean, not completely lazy. When I didn't have something to do, I was just completely lazy. Okay. So I did some appointments, went to the dermatologist for the first time ever. Um, and then, you know, did take the dog to get uh, the, the newer dog, Hank, took him to a uh, kind of a self-service dog wash. Um, so you, it was in a pet store. Okay. And in the back of the pet store, there was a big, dog washing unit hmm. and it has a hose that has just like a car like a self-service car wash that's what i'm envisioning it like is power it's washing off 100 percent. <laughs> it's even got like the little knob you switch the knob and different stuff starts coming out of the hose it's exactly like a self-service car wow wash. um so and then you've you've got a, a dryer so it's no different than a self-service do car they wash. have a knob where you're like what's the difference between ultra and ultra premium and triple liquid ultra yes. premium foam yes and you're like why is why is the basic is five dollars, and the premium is twenty five dollars. Well, no, 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 no. That that's. Uh, <laughs> I oh. have like an actual car wash. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not. I'm, that's an actual car wash. I'm talking about the one where you get the little sprayer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, basically the same thing. So uh, did that on <laughs> one of the days. So that was interesting. Cool. Um, it was still fifteen bucks. So I'm like, it's mm, not saving a ton anymore. Like, the benefit is to not have a bunch of dog hair in your home tub. Yeah, and to I can see that. Not have like you know, wet dog running around the house mm. and to not have to put up with trying to chase your dog around the bathroom while you use your wife's hair dryer to dry it. So this was more efficient in that. I've spoken just, from experience here. I oh, can tell. I don't know. Of course not. <laughs> uh, but 15 bucks. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. I have I, no perspective on this. Yeah. It was also for Hank's birthday today. He's three now. Wow. Today. Happy birthday, Hank. Happy birthday. Um, <clears throat> And then, yeah, played a bunch of video games. So, Boot up the old 360, played the first Gears of War on that. Okay. Kind of reminisced there. All right. Finished up Batman Arkham City, which is another older game, but just kind of went back to that. Okay. I also finished up another game, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I had been playing, but just went happened to finish right, it off. Right. And then I got a new game, Brian. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. New PS4 game. So we're back in the modern era now. Okay. 
Ghost of Tsushima. Wow. Tsushima. 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 If you really want to butcher it. But yes, it is a samurai game. Okay. It is so cool. Yeah? Yes. It's during the Mongol invasion, so you're fighting Mongols, being awesome. Okay. It's about like you're a samurai doing samurai things, but you lose a battle in the beginning and all your other samurai are presumed dead. Oh, boy. And you need to decide like, am I going to keep being a samurai or am I going to start being sneaky and assassinating people? So you're kind of at odds with your own samurai code and morals, but you need to get the job done. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. It's real cool. And it's so pretty. It's like, hmm. It's like feudal Japan, what the movies make it look like. So like gotcha. all these like beautiful fields with like petals of flowers blowing in the wind constantly. Yeah. And right. leaves just falling everywhere. All the time. All yeah. the time. Of course. Uh, so obviously you know that doesn't happen, but you want it to. If you have a game set in Japan, you want those leaves. You, fall. you want it to look like Crafting Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Dragon. You're like um, in real life, if I was here for a day, there would be like three feet of leaves yes, on the ground. Right. You drown <laughs> they've in been leaves. falling consistently yes. all day. Absolutely. But you know what I think? I'm like walking around these fields. It looks so beautiful. I'm thinking, oh my God, this, I hope this guy doesn't have allergies. Like, <laughs> that's all I think. I'm like all that stuff blowing in the air. I'm like, oh God. Oh no. Yes. Spoken. Put on your little samurai mask, dude. Like it's your, not. Your age is showing. On oh that God. One, I don't think, so I don't think most kids are thinking about that when they're playing this oh, game. So many allergies. <laughs> I can't. Not yeah. fun. For sure. So, but that's been a ton of fun. I've been really enjoying playing that. Nice. And uh, I took, uh, Shannon took two days off with me. So um, two of the days I had off. Uh, awesome. I, I, I was half day Monday, you know, Tuesday, thir- Tuesday, Wednesday was all my own. And then Thursday, Friday, I stayed uh, with Shannon. So nice. um, we did go to Williamsburg one of those days. Had a, just a nice chill hangout day between the two of us. Um, you know, walked around, got some ice cream, <coughs> enjoyed the weather. Uh, it was a very nice day. Awesome. Very good day. Um, and then this past weekend, it well, we celebrated my brother Zach's birthday. And we he likes this German restaurant up in Stanton. Okay. Stanton. Stanton. Um, so, I was, <laughs> so I said, like, hey, we should go to that restaurant you like. And then that turned into, well, it's kind of far away. Maybe we could rent a house for one night just so we don't have to drive all the way back. And then that turned into. Because yeah, that's what, like. An hour and a half, two hours maybe. From the there? yeah, the 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 Depends restaurant. The restaurant's about ninety minutes from Richmond, so yeah, it's a it, bit of a hike to go back. It is. So forth, Zach yeah. presented us with a few options. All were too expensive. I'm like, no, come on. This is just a convenience thing. This mm-hmm. isn't a. This isn't a destination. So no, this is like. So a, I picked the cheapest one. Pull was, over the Pontiac Aztec yeah. and set up the tent. And yeah, the, yeah. Back. So he, he, I picked picked the cheapest one. It was a condo. I'm like, this is fine. I'll sleep in a twin bed in the same room as my brother that's fine I haven't been a twin bed in a long time <laughs> yes my feet are gonna hang off but yep. that's that's fine uh and when zach was looking for these properties he was just looking at um distance uh not time so it was about 12 miles from the restaurant seemingly Doesn't convenient seem that far yeah no it's not unless it's on the other side of a mountain Oh, yes, because there are mountains in this area. There are. Wow. So it ended up being about 45 minutes away from the restaurant. Oh, my gosh. So this is the place that you're staying to keep you from having to drive mm-hmm. 90 minutes. Yes. So instead, you're driving 45 minutes each way mm-hmm. to the restaurant from the place that you're staying. Yes. That's convenient. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, gosh. At all. So, but... but- but at least the weather was clear and nice, right? 
Because in mountainous Brian, areas, it's always never in my life clear. have I driven it with such low visibility. Really? Than I did Friday night. Because I've driven over that mountain, and there's always all these warnings and stuff of like fog is everywhere. I've yet to drive over that mountain with fog. I could. See I just happened to hit it right ten a lot of feet times. in front of me. No oh joke. Gosh, that's terrible. I was crawling. <laughs> On like a high, I, on like a highway or like no, a just just up up swirly switchback mountain. Oh my roads. gosh! Oh, that's terrifying. I could not see a thing. Wow. I was like, it was almost comical. I'm like, this is, I'm blind. I cannot see a thing. Oh my god! Like I've driven in 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 blizzards that you know were difficult to see. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this was something else, man. And, and the fog then, is relentless. It just doesn't. It was insane. Yeah, wow. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. I, I feel like seriously, if you stacked maybe. Three of me in front of the car. That's probably how far it was. So may, maybe 20 feet. Maybe. Um, but eventually we got... It, it was in the Wintergreen Ski Resort property. Okay. Like that's where we were staying. Up the freaking yeah. ski mountain. Yeah. And then we couldn't find the condo. Zach called the person. They're like, I think there's somewhere where you can get a map. I don't know. So we're like, oh my God. Because I'm surprised you had cell service. Because barely the mountains there. Oh barely. <laughs> so we're just driving around trying to find the heck where this place is. Wow. And missing it, going back, missing it, going back, being confused. And I'm like, guys, I'm ready to just go home. I'm ready to go to that restaurant and then go home. Like, I don't even care. This yeah, because you told the story before where you like couldn't find parking at a concert. I went where to you're DC. Your brother. Yeah, I went to DC. <laughs> you drove, drove like up there, two hours. Couldn't find a parking spot. Went right back. Just went home. Like, no, nah, screw it. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I have no patience for that. It's not worth it. Um, ready to go full quit mode. I am. I have no problem quitting things, uh, but eventually we found it after going to the wrong place. And oh my mm. God. so we get there, walk in. We're like, all right, here it is. But the food was amazing, right? We didn't even. We haven't even gotten to the restaurant yet. Oh, you're just. We we went to the condo first to oh, check in. You're just trying to get to the place. Yeah. So oh, now wow. this now to go get the food, we have to go back down the mountain. All that stuff again oh, with the same bad visibility. Oh my gosh! And then we went to eat. And then we had to go back up the mountain again to get home. <laughs> it's good. You and I was sick, it. Brian. I had a cold. I feel like crap. And Which, I'm like, just. Wow. Oh, it was so bad. I was glad I was driving because if anybody else was driving, I'd be super paranoid. Mm. Um, I was driving my car. I was familiar with it. Um, good, good tires, all wheel drive. But still like, man, oh, I was just. The food was OK. It was it was it was authentic German as far as I could tell. Um, you know, well, if you were sick too, maybe you like couldn't taste it as well. I got, I got, I, I like goulash. Um, okay. Which is that German? No, it was Hungarian style goulash. Oh, apparently. Interesting. I don't know. Okay. It was just kind of a pot roast. Okay. It was fine. That's good. Yeah. There was an accordion player there though. That was nice. Okay. That was good, cool. good for the ambiance, but nice. Yeah. I, I, Zach was happy. And that's that's, well, that's what matters, right? That's what matters. His he, he got his Wiener Schnitzel, so <laughs> hooray for that! Wow. But man, it was it was exhausting. It really was exhausting. Then we went back home, and uh, Chad was like, "Hey, how about we play some poker?" I was like, "All right, that's fine." <laughs> we didn't have any chips or anything, so we're oh, like, "Let's okay. just let's just see who has the best hand." I'm like, "Well, then there's no there's no stakes." So that's I went I went to the silverware drawer and just dumped a bunch of silverware onto the table. We were playing for forks, knives, and spoons. Makes as much sense as chips. Yep. So we did that, um, and uh, yeah. Then the next day, they wanted to go to Charlottesville and look at a look at record stores because they're into records. They like to buy vinyl records, so that's like a thing. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're record guys. Okay. So they did that. Uh, 
came back home, was able to relax for a little bit because again, I'm I'm sick during you're this. Ne- you're like needing to recover I'm, at this point. Oh, also I didn't sleep a wink because <clears throat> Chad apparently has like sleep apnea or something and he could oh. not breathe the entire night. And here he is in a twin bed five feet away from me, just like <laughs> like all wow. night long. Oh, and it God. wasn't like snoring for 10 minutes and then stopping for a little while. It was consistent wow. the entire night. I was like, it was almost funny. I'm like, he's not going to stop. This is just... And I was like, Chad, bro, you need this is that not good. <laughs> you have like something wrong with condition. you. He's like, he's like, yeah, my wife has been telling me that. Oh my god. I'm like, yeah, dude, dude. Go get it checked out. Seriously. Seriously. Sleep like that is isn't a joke. Bad. Just, yeah, the man needs a machine. Oh my God. <laughs> I so yeah, I hadn't slept. Wow. I'm sick and tired. Oh my god. It's so a very I, selfless weekend for you, Drew. And then so I get home, was able to relax a little bit, play some Ghost of Tsushima. And then they wanted to watch the UFC. So they came over to watch the UFC fight at my house. Okay. Um, and uh, that was actually really good. And then mm-hmm. the next day was Friendsgiving with a bunch of our friends. So we did that. We okay. had to make five pounds of mashed potatoes. No, like 15 pounds of mashed potatoes. Something like that. I don't know. 15 pounds? Two full potatoes. bags of potatoes. That's probably more like five. Well, I don't know. How many bags? I think one bag of potatoes <laughs> felt like five pounds. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, maybe 10 pounds. At least 10 pounds of mashed potatoes. Either way, it's a lot of potatoes. So many mashed potatoes. We did that. And again, that's like social and talking and people. And yeah, I'm still tired. I could tell. I'm still tired. I'm tired listening. Yeah. (laughs) Not of you, but you know, just I'm in with you in this story. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. And if if your illness was anything like mine, like I was not like completely like sick, like flu type of a thing. Yeah, no, like, no. This was just a cold, you know, started off with a sore throat, congestion, that's kind of, that's kind and then ended, ended with coughing, you know. So it's kind of what I but had. Like, but I had, like, I had a tons of fatigue. So you're just like, everything feels like slower. The, the fatigue didn't happen. In, no, no, you know, I did have fatigue, yeah. And then, mm. but like when I got there, it was pretty much like, all right, I have been sick. So I need to, I need to rest now. But no, 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 you can't. That's the worst. That's the worst. When you're like, I have all this stuff scheduled that's like for other people. And the UFC ended at one, by the way. Oh my gosh. Night one, couldn't sleep because of Chad's snoring. Night two, didn't get to sleep until after 1 p.m., 1 a.m. And watching a UFC fight is not like, let's just chill and watch. No, it's really not. It's like you're like amped up. And we usually drink a lot of coffee too. Oh gosh. Yeah. Because it's in my house. I don't have any alcohol. Like so the, Yeah, right. This is like the opposite of everything you yeah, should be doing. We, to we usually do it at Chad's house, and Chad and Zach will you know, have some IPAs <laughs> or something. But now we're at Drew's lame house. Um, so it's just like, you want some coffee, guys? Right. So, coffee your water. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> wow. then the last thing I'll say is I'm playing a game in my car now since it's starting to become colder. Okay. Uh, every morning. So I the, the, the Mazda is a newer car. I drive the older car that's almost at 200,000 miles. Ooh, um, wow. Yeah. Impressive. CRV, man. Um, and uh, the vents don't work properly. So <laughs> oh boy, when I reach the point where I have to put it on defrost, mm. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get the face vents back again. Oh, because boy. Because if I switch back, they're not going to come back on. Oh, gosh. You switch back to the face vents <clears throat> and you just wait. Mm. It could be days. could be weeks. Oh, God. But when it happens, you're like, oh, yes, it's, it's delightful. So I'm like wow. trying so hard not to have to put it on defrost despite the ice and the when you fog. Need it, when you need it, though, there's no, I know. there's no other way. I know. I'm holding off, man. I'm holding off because I like my face heat. So I mean, there's like a dual mode usually, but that's like feet. And, feet and defrost. Yeah. yeah, that works fine. It's the face vents that don't, oh, don't work well. Yep. And you can hear it when it happens. It's like. <laughs> 
thunk, and then whoosh. So, so, so there's some sort of diverter in, right, in the right. dash that you know moves and it's sticking somewhere. It's probably something relatively simple, but it's just like but deep, it's way back deep in there, in there yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So pray for me on that. Okay, Thank I will. You. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's not a, not a game of chicken that you want to have to play. No, like, I'm just waiting. But then mm. get there, there's going to be a point where I'm like, Drew, this is unsafe. Turn on your damn defrost. Like, yeah, <laughs> nah, you can't do that. Right. I still don't understand the science behind the defrost. It's like magic to me. <laughs> this is one of these things. Like, I can understand a lot of things. Well, no, it's, it's I'm like, like I'm pretty like mechanical. Have you I, ever have you ever like breathed hot air onto a glass like <sighs> left steam? Yeah, and then just going <sighs> and blowing cold air on it and watch it disappear. No, I've never done that. Yeah, it works. I've done the hot breath thing. If you do huh, on a window and then go huh, on the window. So the defroster is blowing cold air. No, it, it, you can change it, but I think that it just. Uh, like what happens when you hit the defrost button in your car? What is it we, doing? It just, it's just blowing air on the on the window. The same air? Like warm air? It's whatever you pick. Sometimes. But it, what is actually defrosting it? Is uh, it? it depends on what you're, it depends on what, what you have going on. So if you actually, if you're trying to defrost ice, then yeah, turn on the heat and defrost that ice that's on the outside. But if you have that weird, right, like, right. if you have that weird, like internal, yeah, I'm talking stuff, the internal stuff. That's, that's the stuff that like, I don't understand that I think happening. should be cool there, cool there because it's probably, cause I think like when I've like, you know, there's no ice on the outside of the car. This is very boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is literally like I don't no, understand what's pe- happening. But, but no, people know. People are there's a lot. There's somebody Everybody's out there like that's like screaming at their computers. Like Brian, it's right. not that complicated. Right? Or like telling you, me, no, Drew, you're wrong. Like you run a business, you can weld, you can do woodworking, but you don't understand this. Yes, that is. I have blind spots. Because like I'll, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go go for a run or something, and like I'm warm. Like my body's radiating heat, and I get in a car on a cold day, and it like fogs up everything. Yeah. Right. So when I put the defroster on, it's blowing cold air, right? To I think counteract so. That's that. that's what I would do. Because yeah. hot air would just make it worse, right? To be honest, I just flip it around, and find what works. Yeah, I, I, that's what I do too. Yeah. I don't really know what's happening. Yeah, I don't I'm think- like pushing buttons, and I'm like, is this even doing anything? Is it like the elevator, like open close buttons? That I'll, you I'll like, say that I think is it's this a- even connected. Like this doesn't seem like it's doing anything. I feel like it's a placebo effect. No, I mean it, it actually changes. Like you can see the change. No, actually, the the elevator like uh, close button. Oh, that yeah, no, it is is mostly a placebo. Yeah, effect. I've heard yeah. that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. Yeah, that's thank you my, for explaining it to me, Drew. That's my whole life. <laughs> that's my whole life. Wow. All right. Wow. Stupid that car, tired body. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> and video games. So you needed to like get sick first and then have your week off and then get to relax. You did it like opposite. I know. Wow. I'm sorry for that. That's yeah, all right. Well, I had. Uh, yeah. Are you, are you good? Are you good? Am I transitioning? I don't oh, want, yeah. I don't I've, I'm su- I've sufficiently made myself more tired. All right. Very good. Well, I'll, per- I'll perk you up with some of my shenanigans. Um, so I traveled. This is two weeks ago. So I traveled across the country. I went to California to do some networking stuff with other e-commerce folks. So I'm in a, a small private group of um, e-commerce individuals. And basically, we just kind of networked and we talked to each other about how we do business. So it was a very different, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm like, I'm in the business world and I'm like thinking about pens, but like I'm, I'm talking about pens to people who know nothing about the details of pens. Really. It's more about like the business and the strategy and like the bigger picture kind of stuff. Um, so I do get to talk about pens and the community and stuff like that, but it's very different than going to like a pen show or something, for example, or doing like a company event we're doing. Um, so I'm talking to people who understand, you know, whether it's like, 
producing content and we talk about YouTube and these types of things. Um, and just like general business things, shipping, you know, issues and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I, I really appreciate being connected into these groups like this because there's a lot of stuff that we deal with, you know, Rachel and I, especially as owners that is just stuff that, you know, basically unless you're running an e-commerce business, you just don't run across some of these things every day. So, um, I found that to be super beneficial and I'm a little more of the extrovert, um, especially between me and Rachel, but just kind of in general in our company, I feel like we have a lot of introverts. I'm a little more on the extroverted side. So getting to go and network with other people is like something that fills my tank up, you know, and also this casually, you're not going to just randomly come across anybody that kind of knows what you do. Yeah. I mean, I, I do get to talk about it, like facets of it, you know, just like you do with whatever weird thing you're into. It's like, if you're into like, you know, your video game stuff and you come across somebody else and they're into the video games, you're like, Oh, I can get to go like good deep on this thing with this person. Right. You know, it's kind of like that, but it's like with all the business stuff. Cause I'm doing this like the majority yeah. of my time. And that's super cool yeah. because, but I can, me, do, I can do that. And like every person I talk to, I'm like, Oh, I can go deep on. And that's awesome because I can find people here to talk to me about video games. For you, sure. you can't casually run across another business owner. It's more rare. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I do, they might, they might be in real estate or they might be, they might sell insurance yeah. or something like, like that. Yeah. E-commerce has its own flair. So getting to be with that group of people is like, it's a very special group. Not unlike the same feeling you have when you go to a pen show and you're like, oh, everybody here is connected through their love of pens. We're all that like one person that we know in our lives who's more into this than anybody else who's like in our direct social circle. So when you get together with other people like that, it's like, it's very special. So it's kind of like that for me, but in a different, it's a tangential facet, like a strong Venn diagram, obviously. But anyway, so that was really cool. So I got to go and network with a bunch of folks. uh, And that was really cool because I get to hear about all kinds of things, like especially with COVID stuff and kind of like the post COVID world that we're finding ourselves in and just talking to other people about all the stuff that they've had to go through with their businesses. Some people I'm like, wow, that's really inspiring. That's smart. Wow. I should really look into that. Other people I'm like, Oh, that sounds horrifying. Like, I'm so glad I didn't deal with that. So after they're done talking to you, what do you think they're saying? I found that we're like relatively just stable. Like the fountain pen industry is relatively mature, just like as an industry, you know, fountain pens had their heyday in like the early mid 1900s, relatively speaking, been pretty stable. You know, it's a fraction of what it was in its peak. And those who are there in this world, they want to be there. We all love it. You know, we're not growing like nice crazy every be. year. It's very solid. Yeah. So it's like you, you, you know, it's, it's not unlike when you look at social media or you talk to your friends or you hear about somebody like, Oh yeah. Oh man, look at this. They just moved to a new house. Wow. That new house looks amazing. And like at a glance, you look at it and you're like, man, I wish I had a nice house like that. But then you like, when you get to spend more time with them, you talk to them, you're like, Oh, okay. So this house, it's like from the twenties and the electrical is all messed up and like their bathtub doesn't actually work and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, that actually doesn't sound as charming as what I was thinking at first glance. Like you realize like, like everybody has problems. You're basically just getting whatever flavor of problems for whatever situation you're in. Yes. And once you kind of understand that you're like, Oh, like somebody buys a new car while they have new car problems. You know, if you have an old car, you have old car problems. You know, if you have pets, you have pet problems. Yep. If you have whatever, you buy a house, you have house problems. That's very true. Everybody's got problems. So it's like, it was. it's always good for me to get perspective like that because you're like, yeah, 
nobody's really got it like super easy. We're all dealing with stuff, yeah. you know? So it was really helpful to get that perspective and to hear that from other people. Cause it's very easy to look at a glance and think like, wow, everybody's got it figured out. And then you talk to people and you're like, well, they do have it figured out like in this area, but then you talk to them and you're like, well, what about this? And they're like total blind spot over there. And you're like, Ooh, or those situations okay. <laughs> where you realize nobody's got to figure out. And, yes. Cause you're like, man, I don't that feel like, too. man, I don't know anything. And you go to one of these events. You're like, Oh wait, None of y'all know? Oh, okay. I don't feel so bad now. Oh, yeah. Like, that definitely happens, like, as a successful business owner. I say successful because, like, I'm still doing it after 13 years. Right. I consider that successful. You know, you talk to other people, and it's basically like, oh, wait. So there's not some, like, big secret that everybody's figured out that I have yet to figure it out. Everybody's just kind of, like, dealing with new problems that happen every day, and you're kind of stumbling through it, and you're just trying to, like, stand on top of your failures instead of be buried under them. Like, that's what it means to be successful. There we go. Okay. That's what I'm doing. So I guess as long as I'm still in the game, you know, in the arena, so to speak, to go with the Teddy Roosevelt speech, like, that's what it is. It's not like, oh, I've got it all figured out, and it's just easy street. That really doesn't exist. So, yeah, this is kind of kind of helpful to get that perspective again. So um, that was great. So I did that. It was like a, it wasn't a huge event. It was like two and a half days, pretty intimate groups, like 40 people. So I got to spend a lot of time talking with folks, made some really good connections there. Um, but of course it's in California and we're in Virginia. It's a full day of travel on yeah. each end. So this is not like the ideal time of year to travel. Cause it's like, we have a lot of family birthdays in our family that happen around winter time. So things are starting to amp up there. Um, I had my nephew's uh, birthday party this past weekend. My mom's is going to be coming up soon. We got Thanksgiving in here. My kids are going to both have theirs near Christmas time. You know, we have like a lot of family things that happen around this time. It's just how it worked out. And then, of course, this is a busy time of year for us. We had Fountain Pen Day. We have all these other things. Um, I had several family mem- extended family members all get sick. Everybody's right getting before, sick right now. Right before I left. So, like, Rachel, bless her heart. She, I, I left on this trip. She was, like, bringing dinner to, like, our local family and stuff like that. She was taking care of the kids. She was taking care of stuff here at work. Wow. I was off doing my thing. And she was a total trooper. So she gets the award for holding it together for everybody, um, as she always does. But it was really a lot for her. Yeah, there's um, really been some stuff going around. Yeah, like, it's just not a not lot. and not 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 COVID like flu and cold. Well, like, COVID too. I mean, it's COVID it's, too. There was but a mix of everything kind of really going around. Is. It's a yeah. lot of stuff going. Like on. we're trying to make plans with our kids, friends, and stuff like that, and it's like half the plans we make get canceled because somebody's sick. It's yeah, just we're, crazy. We're, we're like we're trying to take a company photo <laughs> this week. I'm like, it's man, rough. It's man, rough. I don't know, man. Just even like scheduled things where everybody can be here, but then like illnesses and all that, you're like, yeah. we're just not. We're going to have to do the Michael Scott Photoshop yep. job with like everybody's heads in <laughs> right, there. Everybody jump. Yeah, it's a little crazy. So um, then literally like the morning that I'm getting ready to come home, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I've got like that feeling in my throat. Yep, I'm that's like, where it begins. I've got that kind of like mucusy kind of like, I got a sickness that's coming on yeah. kind of a thing. And I'm like, great. Yeah. This is what I need to bring home to the family. So, you know, well, first off we had, so Monday of that week we had Halloween and my kids are 10 and 12 and they're giants. So they look like adults. <laughs> they're, they're like, I mean, they're still with their friends and it was fine, but like, <clears throat> They're getting to the age where they're like, yeah, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this kind of a thing. And uh, it was great. We had a good time, did the whole Halloween thing with them. 
But my flight, in order to make it to start this event, my flight, I had to, I had a 6.30 flight the following morning. The boarding was at 6 o'clock, which means I had to wake up, drive 30 minutes to the airport. I had to wake up at 3.45 ah. in the morning. And I'm going to California, which is three hours behind us. So I'm waking up the equivalent of 12.45 a.m. California time. Oh, to go travel there, I get there, and then I gotta like get calibrated onto West Coast. We are time. exhausting everybody just talking about all yeah. this. Everybody's gonna be just so like, I'm like stressed and sleep deprived. Halloween Ugh. did the whole thing. Sleep deprived. I got like not that much sleep, and then I go and I'm traveling, and I got connections and the whole thing with the airport and all that. And then I get there, and it's like eleven o'clock in the morning, but I've already been up for like ten hours, and I'm super tired, oh, and I'm like we haven't even started anything yet. And I get there and it's like, people are starting to come in and already I'm for their day talking and networking, I'm talking and, and, networking and oh doing man. the whole thing. And it's like, I mean, it's continuous networking and talking. So it's like an introvert would die on day one at this type of stuff. Cause like, and every conversation I'm having is like getting into the, how we do the business and yeah. the whole, it's like very like engaging. Like it's very, you know, it's like when you go to a pen show and you talk to people and you come out and you're like, Ooh, like, wow. I was like, your brain is like warm, you yeah. know, because of just like how much do you, do you, you've been engaging. Can you stay on the floor the whole time or do you need like to go off and like kind of find a, a cool down place? So I'm kind of like an ambivert. I will basically, I will go. Like, yeah. I'm like, if I was to go, to go with a um, uh, uh, comic book metaphor, Ooh. I'm like juggernaut. So like once I get going, uh-huh. I can just like forge ahead. I did not know you knew about juggernaut. I, I no juggernaut. I don't couldn't tell you anything else. Other Did you than learn that. that in third grade? I learned it not too long ago. I don't okay, know. no, maybe all no. right. I've never read a juggernaut or anything, but I know that that's a thing that juggernaut does. It is, like, yeah, yeah. You have to like stop juggernaut before he gets going because nothing yeah, can stop him once he's wrong, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of like that. Like when I get rolling and all that, but then I'll go and we talked until like one o'clock in the morning and they had like a little bonfire type thing, and I love like fire i think it's so cool so it's like it's chilly we're talking around a fire i'm like this is awesome we all go to bed i'm like oh my gosh i've been up for like 24 hours yeah and i go back to my room and i'm like i'm exhausted and then i get six hours of sleep wake up and do it again stuff like that can can (laughs) can exhaust your immune system i think i probably didn't help yeah so yeah that plus traveling and all that i wore a mask on the plane and everything nobody else did but i did and uh you know because i was like i'm not even that worried about it. I'm just like, I just, I know that I'm just like going to get exposed to all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah. So then I got sick. Um, uh, it wasn't terrible and it was like the kind of thing that was like, I felt under the weather, but I wasn't like, I can sleep all day. I'm laid up. I had no temperature, that kind of a thing. I just felt crappy yeah, and kind of tired and stuff like that. But that was, that was similar to what I had. so this trip bookended, I had Halloween with the kids and then <clears throat> the next day coming back, I got back at, I think it was like 10 o'clock at night, East coast time. Mm. Um, and then I had to drive home and all that kind of stuff. And the kids were excited. The next day we were going to Brickfest. That's right. Same Brickfest you went to, yep. which is like a Lego based thing that was at the Richmond convention center. 
my kids were excited about it. And I was like, oh, I bookended this trip around like two things with my kids. And I knew that the travel was going to be a beast. I was really surprised you went to Brickfest. I rallied. Man. I did it. And it's fun. I've taken Joseph there several times. Ellie had never been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like, I don't think it's an official it's Lego not, thing. It's not. It's I like an not, off-brand yeah. Lego thing. It's it all Lego based. But it's 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 kind of fun. It's an experience. I'm not going to like, let's go every year. But it's like, it was fun, especially yeah. for Ellie. But I don't think we'll need um, to go next year. Yeah. Our kids went home and they played with Legos at home and it was like equally as fun. And they don't sell but anything you can't buy at Target. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it's cool for like younger kids. I yeah. Think. But for like kids my kids age, it was like, okay. Yeah. Archer at first was like not he i think he just wanted to go shopping in a giant lego store because um, he was yeah. like he was like these are all like activities i don't want to do activities and mm. i didn't really know what to expect either See, the first you, thing he wanted to do was just go look at what you can get okay and i'm like and he's like i mean he brought his wallet and everything and he was excited to buy stuff he's like all yeah. these are like nothing special i was like sorry buddy i didn't know what to expect yeah. but he did do the build your own race car thing oh that's cool and he won Nice. His little car came in first place. That's cool. He That's was cool. I, I, I we had told him beforehand. We're like, all right, hey, you're probably not going to win. Yeah. You do great. If you don't, you have to be okay. <laughs> so we're just because so like, it's like Lego derby cars. You build Legos and they race them. Yeah, yeah. Down down the ramp. Um, and they had the, the the wheels that connected to the bottom were weighted so that they actually provided uh, good oh, speed. Cool. So it was actually really cool. But nice. Uh, his little group raced and he won. He turned to me just like. Like, did that actually happen? Wow. It was. I got it on video. It was a great oh, that's reaction. Fun. Yeah, that's fun. So, that so was like really that cool. moment right there is like he's yeah. gonna remember that. It was worth. It was worth that moment. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So I mean, it was good. I'm glad we did that. And Rachel went too. She normally does not want to go things with people. It's just like not her thing. But it was like Ellie wanted to go. Joseph wanted, and it was like, well, let's all go. We're yeah. like, what the heck? So we all went, and that was all fine. But it's like downtown. You got to park. You got to do the whole thing. So it's like. We're doing this. I'm not feeling super great. I was like, I'm just going to wear a mask and like not stand around a lot of people. And like there was plenty of space and stuff like that. Yeah, it wasn't super crowded. Yeah, but even still, I had just come off this trip and I'm like pretty tired and I'm like a little bit like oh that. And then I'm just like the fatigue like catches up with me and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm like quasi-functional around the house. And Rachel's already been holding things down yeah. at the house. And oh. I'm like trying so hard to like help out, but I'm just like not fully functional yeah and then like the work week starts and everything and it was like i was coming in here and there but like basically most of last week was just me like i would i would wake up and go to like a couple morning meetings and start working and stuff and i would be like falling asleep at like 10 o'clock in the morning and i'm like this is not normal yeah i was in a meeting that you were supposed to be in and jen and i were in it and we were like so do you think brian's Probably in like is, she, is she, Brian dead? Like, like what she, is up with she, she said I, she said I think that Rachel said he was gonna take a rest. He's let me let me let me let me talk to Rachel. Yeah, he's still resting. We're gonna let him. We're gonna we're just going to cancel yeah, this. We'll let him, like, let him sleep. It was so bad because it's like when you're you know it's like when you get like completely laid out with an illness. You're yeah. like whatever. Your fever's 104. You're like I have the flu. I'm out of commission. Right when it's but obvious. When but when you're like trying to hang in there and you're like, oh, my throat's a little scratchy. I've got a bit of a cough, but I'm doing cough drops. It's not that bad. Right. But then you're like just struggling to function and like the brain fog and all that. I'm like, well, you have a choice there. Yeah, so there's like, sometimes when your body doesn't even give not, you a choice. Yeah. During that though, you have to make the choice and it's hard because you know, yeah. physically I am capable of doing these tasks, Yeah. but it's, but at a cost, like, is it, is it worth yeah. it? Is the cost so that's, worth it? That's pretty much like my thing. Oh, I didn't even tell you one, one fun thing coming back from, from California. So I had like an hour, 15 minute layover in O'Hare, Chicago. Um, and the flight got delayed. So I landed 
and I had 14 minutes before takeoff at my connection. Nope. 14 minutes. Thankfully, it was just the next gate over. But I, and I don't, when I go on shorter trips like that, like if I can do a trip in under a week, I try not to check a bag because I'm like, that's just more complication. Right. I don't want to deal with the airports. I'm going to carry everything on. So I had like my bags, my backpack and the carry on and everything. And I, I'm like starting to feel sick. I've been sitting on this cramped plane for five straight hours, six hours, I think, because it was delayed. Oh. Six hours. Didn't even get up to go to the bathroom because I was like in the window seat. And I'm like, when I like I'm a large person and I'm disproportionately long legged. So when I get into a, a plane seat, I'm like locked in. Like I gotta maneuver and I gotta disrupt the whole row if I gotta get up. So I try not to move. <laughs> So I was like sardine in there for like six hours. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we're delayed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I got 14 minutes. So I got it and I booked it and I ran and I made it. But like I had to go to the bathroom, all this stuff. I had no time. I had to like oh go and get on there. And I was like, thankfully, I was the, the, this is the most stressful pen cast time. ever recorded. I, t- I tell Rachel about this kind of stuff. She's like, this is why I never want to go anywhere. She's like, yeah. this stuff horrifies me. And I was like, I just do it and you get over it and yeah. it worked out. So anyway, that, that was all leading into the whole brick fest yeah. kind of stuff. So, um, but anyway, so I was sick last week. Sorry, I missed the pen cast. was planning to do it, but Rachel was like, no, I'm calling it. You're too sick to do a pen cast. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. Um, on a happier notes, uh, my kids are still super into chess. I did binge watch the entire Queen's Gambit on my flight over to California. Nice. <laughs> Literally, I was just like, I downloaded them all in my phone on Netflix. And I was like, well, I'll just watch it and see how it goes. And I was watching. I was like, oh, that's really good. I'll watch the next one. And I whole thing realized I watched the entire miniseries or whatever. It is only like eight or nine episodes or something. And I was like, oh, I just watched the whole thing. Cool. Okay. So I was like, well, that's fun. Um, yeah. So the kids are getting better. They're beating me more regularly. Turns out I'm really not as great at chess as I remembered from my childhood. I guess I was good for like being 10 from my memory, but I don't think I've progressed much since then because I haven't really played much chess. That's me in literally anything. Like <laughs> it's, th- like it how, how good I am. Like I will <laughs> – Yeah. I don't improve on anything. If I'm like really good at something mm-hmm. from the beginning, great. But generally yeah. like if I'm I, – I stay the same at pretty much – everything so i found there's a double-edged sword and maybe it's this way for video games too because there's like there's skill-based stuff but it's like pretty popular and like very quantifiable and there's like competitions and all these things so like you can see pretty clearly like how you stack up like when we were kids it was like whatever your cousin or your friend or whatever like if you could beat them and whatever you know street fighter 2 you're like oh yeah i'm the best but now like it's very quantifiable you can see that like oh i'm in the bottom like 10 percent of the world of people that play this game that doesn't help my ego for the amount of if i had dedicated (laughs) the amount of time i've spent playing video games to any other thing i'd be so good at it right (laughs) no i'm bad at video games i'm not good i still play them on easy mode yeah this is enjoyable right yeah yeah so it's kind of like that for me with well like rubik's cubes like i can solve rubik's cubes but then you like look at like the competitions and there's like a whole thing there's like a whole world around that and i'm like oh yeah i'm really not very good at it you can solve a rubik's cube in 30 seconds man that's that's really good uh, yeah, not That's, in the Ruby's Cube world. No, it's like embarrassing to to solve it that slow. Well, in like the- <laughs> I've never even solved one at all in my life. Well, so. yeah, so like the general population, like yeah, sure. that's so impressive like, to the general cool, population, right? And for like people that don't know how to play chess, like okay, I can do chess, but then like so okay. Anyway, my whole thing is like 
I'm like, oh, let me get into chess and look at this. And let me, what do I do? Let me, let me watch some YouTube videos. Cause I'm like, I don't remember. Like I couldn't even remember like castling. Like how does that even work? Like I sort of knew what that was, but I was like, I'm really digging deep because my kids wanted me to learn. And I was like, oh, I really don't quite remember all this. Did I even learn it properly in the first place? I learned it at like summer camp. Yeah, I don't know. The kids that taught me could have been completely wrong. Sure. So I'm like, let me go into YouTube and learn how to do some of the stuff. And I get into it. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a whole, I mean, chess is a super popular game and has been for like hundreds, thousands. Maybe I think it's like a 1500 year old game, something crazy like no that. Idea. Yeah. Well, there's like a whole thing. Chess.com is a major. There's lots of them, but chess.com is like the big one. Multi-billion dollar company that has like, they have apps, they have website. You like can play, compete. It has like it tracks every move you make in the game and shows you like the statistics and the algorithms and all the openings and stuff like that and pairs it up with like, you know, your likelihood of winning with that opening based on all of the other games that people in this universe have played. And it's like this whole thing that I'm just like, oh my gosh. I, I mean, it makes sense. I'm like, yeah, of course the internet, like there would be a thing around this, but like think of how many like millions of people are playing chess like every day probably. And I was just like, wow, there's a whole world here and there's tutorials and instructions. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I start playing and I'm playing against people and they like rate you with scores and all that. And I'm just like getting the crap beat out of me. And I'm just like, oh, I guess I'm not that great. <laughs> humbling. Very humbling. But if I want to get better, I could. But then it's like anything else. You're like, oh, yeah, in order to get better, you just have to invest a lot of time and energy and practice and be diligent, just like anything else, just like improving your handwriting or just like learning how to weld or just like running a marathon or whatever. You have to like commit yourself to it. And I'm like, the problem is I want to do everything and I can't be very good at anything unless I like commit to just a few things. And I don't really want to do that. So we'll see. But anyway, so chess is fun. My kids are starting to beat me more regularly. And I'm realizing that I'm actually not that great, <laughs> but I'm trying to teach them better. Like I'm super encouraging to them. Oh yeah. Like I, I will like let them take back moves if I see like, I'm like, wait, do you sure you want to do that? Cause it's going to do this. And I always talk through the moves, but I don't let myself take back any moves. So that's why I'm losing a lot is because I'm like, I'm making a move and I'm like, as soon as I make the move, I'm like, ah, crap. So, so are, you, just left are, you, are you becoming a little less merciless and never letting them win. Um, it sounds like when you first approached this chapter with them, you were like pretty set on, I'm not going to go easy on them ever. Well, I try to make it, inst- I've always tried to make it instructional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if they really want to do a move, I'm not going to tell them like, you can't do that. You know, in, in chess, there's a lot of different options, you know? So it's like, I will try to instruct, but if they just want to do their own thing, yeah, okay, we're just, we're going to do that. But, you know, I will do that. And Joseph is a little more instructable. Ellie is a little, she wants to make her own, mm-hmm. wants to forge her own path. So with Ellie, there's a little less of the instructing that happens. Her default phrase with anything is, I know, like, you know, I'll come home and be like, hey, Ellie, they opened a new restaurant down the street. I know. You don't know. <laughs> there's no way you know that. You were in school all day. No one told you about this. Like, it's impossible for you to know that. I just told you this news. I know. Argumentative kids, <laughs> man. She's strong-willed. I love her for that. I, I, But it is a challenge. I told Archer <laughs> to cover his mouth when he coughed yesterday. Okay. And his excuse was, I was chewing. <laughs> okay. Cover your freaking all, mouth. All the more reason. Right. I'm like, what? He just has to say something about yes. everything. I'm like, yep. what? Dude, what? But yep. it was just, it was so instinctive. Like, I was chewing. Oh, yes. Like, and then I, I let him just oh, think yeah. about that for a little while. Like, oh, yeah. How How is that a... 
Oh. And he just slept quiet. Oh, it's going to get better. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, you mean worse. Oh. You say better, but your eyebrow is doing... Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Stop mm-hmm. that. Stop oh, yeah. That. Stop it. Oh, yeah. God, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll become the majority of your interactions. Oh, God. <laughs> it's fun. <gasps> I know. I'm just joking. But um, another cool thing, though, Joseph. So, you know, we have had some, like, little woodworking projects with him. Like, yeah, like the little zigzaggy thing. Stuff. So he, Which I've been shopping for, by the way. Well, there you go. You gotta, I, can't, I can't find one large no? enough they're all kind of small oh really yeah okay like, how big are you looking for i mean like, i want like he's got i want to replace it place his lego thing. he's got one of those target like things you can shove like the cube things in okay so it's six and six openings okay um so i wanted at least six okay there but some of the legos could not fit on the ones that are for sale the ones are for sale i see people like putting like funko pops on i'm like that, that that's that's yeah. small Joseph like, and that's... I built, the ones we built the squares are like maybe 10 inches you know cube which is not huge yeah you know i guess i was looking for something closer to 12 but okay they don't seem to be out there hmm. but there are so other to there, make your own there are other you got some woodworking skills that's incorrect i can give, I can give you a saw let you borrow a saw Right, I did told you I was going to give you a saw because you need a saw. I you need a saw. I need a lot of things. I need a brain. <laughs> oh man. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. you building something? So Joseph wanted Joseph want he's really been getting into like um, uh, displaying stuff, right? Sets. Yeah, yeah, like battle scenes with Star Wars. Yeah, like, you said he's like collecting and, little individual dudes to complete. Yeah, his, like, like a is it like a diorama sort of thing? Like a sort of yeah. Like a whole he's getting into that. Yeah. yeah, he's getting into that. So he wants a display case. So he can have he has like a Star Wars like stormtrooper battle scene thing uh-huh. that he's got, and he's got the like plates with the Lego bricks, and he's got them like, on there. But it's just like on top of his dresser. Right. He wants a display case, like a glass thing, like a plexiglass with like a frame type of thing. So he's showing me like award like type cases that you have for like footballs and like that, like like memorabilia oh, type oh, cases. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was talking to, him, but. You know, so it was a, it was a bit it was an instructive experience because I was like, so what are you going to put in here? Like, how big do you want? And he's what's this big? So it's like, I mean, these these Lego plate things that he's got, yeah, they're like fifteen inches by fifteen inches, and he's got four of them. I'm like, Joseph, this is like five feet long. I was like, this is this is big. <laughs> this is really big. Yeah. I was like, how are, you're not going to be able to like lift this thing up and like arrange this stuff? So I was like, do you want to be able to like? Have a, have a frame and then like be able to take off the top and rearrange the stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, that probably makes more sense. So I like talked him through it. How tall does he need them? Like 10 or 11 inches probably. Oh, my God. Know. Yeah. So we're, we're custom making this display thing. And it's going to have multiple levels? No, no, no. It's just – it's basically a, a wooden frame with like plexiglass sides. Okay. So like the edges are going to be all wood. Yeah. And then it's going to be plexiglass that okay. he can like lift off and, you know, play with his gotcha. stuff. Okay. But he really wants to display. And I'm like, oh, okay. You're going to add lighting? And I'm like, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Let's talk to him about that. Let's um, incorporate that into design. Uh, I've done some lighting uh, with some LED strips. You can cut them and solder some just cheapo wires with a switch. Okay. Uh, it's not hard. Uh, Archer, will, ha- Archer has all these Disney Infinity action figures in one of the cabinets under the tv and because they're all kind of really far back there i wired in just one led strip across the top you can't even see it and he okay. knows where the switch is just like a you know rocker he thing. would love that yeah he would love that i don't know okay. where you'd hide them in the glass set though you might need to put them on one of the 
have to put on like the wood one part, of the seams. Right? Yeah. yeah, we'll figure something out. But that would be interesting. Okay, I'll talk to you about that. Um, that would be kind of cool. So anyway, he conceived of this thing, and I'm like, you want to do a woodworking project together? Or build whatever the heck you want. Okay. Um, so we'll see once this nice. thing actually gets built. So, but I'm like taking basically like like raw chunks of wood, and we're like cutting it down, planing it, joining it, sanding, you know, like doing the whole thing. So we're taking like big logs of wood basically and making like three quarter inch nice. five foot long things and i'm i'm even like i don't know how structurally sound this thing is going to be but we'll try it what the heck if it's a huge failure then we've spent time together and that's an accomplishment so there you go it'll be fun and you can so, just buy one after that exactly <laughs> there you go um and then last thing i had my own project so um there i got home from this trip and it's like i don't know if this happens with you we have a lot of trees and there are a lot of leaves that fall in I, the I've autumn. heard about that. Yes. Yeah. So it seems like every year the trees get bigger and there are more leaves. Not a shock. Um, but it seems like there's always like some leaves that start to fall for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden everything just starts dumping down for like a week or two. And that's exactly what happened. So like I left and there had been some leaves. And then when I came back from my trip, it's like every single day there's like just total coverage of oh, leaves yeah. everywhere. So I have one of those like leaf blowers because again I have a kind of a bigger property, so I have some some yard maintenance things that not most people would have <laughs> because to manage all this. So it's one of those like you know you see like commercial style things or like on a golf course or something where they have like it's like a giant fan on wheels basically, and you just walk behind yeah, you I've walk seen behind those. it and it blows everything to the side. Yeah. So I have one of those, and part of the reason I got it was because. For one, it's faster than a backpack blower in, in certain situations, but I saw something that I wanted to build, which is basically you build a platform with wheels on it that you attach to the front of your, like I have a zero turn lawnmower, and then you can put this leaf blower thing on that platform on the front of the mower. And you basically you can drive your zero turn mower and have this giant leaf blower thing on it. So I'm like, I can move a lot of leaves. Uh-huh. Oh. Having like walk around with the backpack and the whole thing. So I was like, that seems really cool. So I saw this thing, but these platform things, they're like to buy one commercially. It's like 900 bucks. And I was like, There's, that's insane. I'm no, I have no justification for that. So I was like, but I'm learning how to weld. Like I could totally there we go. do something. And it's like, there if it's it a total is. failure. Who cares? It's just my yard. So I was like, I want to try welding this thing. Nice. So I I did it. I I have not done as much welding out of aluminum. Aluminum welding is a whole different beast than welding steel. Um, And I feel like I got to show you. We'll put the pictures up. Yeah, I mean, usually like in in olden days, the tinsmith was a completely different occupation than – yeah. The so, blacksmith. Yeah. Aluminum is is interesting because I won't get all into it, but is you have to weld differently with aluminum. Um, but uh, well, don't you use um, like flux and stuff like that with aluminum? You do still use flux, um, but it's uh, you weld with AC power instead of DC. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, and uh, the the best way to weld with aluminum is with a TIG welder. Well, That's part of why with, I got with the TIG aluminum, welder. don't you use like like a so yeah, like, mig, do you use mig flux, welding, do you mig use welding flux is, with steel? Milled, you do. Yeah. You do. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a different type of flux. I thought, and it's a different type okay. of gas. That I always you thought use, you needed yeah. some sort of like extra adhesive with aluminum welding. Um, no, no. Okay. So, always, it always seems like extra juicy around the seams. <laughs> like so, I always thought there was like extra soldering or something there. Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. 
it's it's similar similar enough in concept to welding with steel, um, but typically what you see with welding aluminum is you use TIG welding, which is one where you have the gun and you have the rod in your hand mm-hmm. and you're kind of hand feeding it, and you can do it a little more decorative and stuff like that, and you can you have more control, so you can do it on like you know thinner sheet metal and stuff a little easier, um, and so that that process you can do with aluminum uh, a little bit easier. You can also weld with steel. It's a whole thing. Um, the MIG welder is the one that's just like a gun and you can just be like, you know, there we go. Little, little, you know, you that's see, right. When you need to weld a lot of yeah. stuff and it doesn't have to be quite as clean, you can do some MIG welder. It's a little bit easier. Um, so I got the practice. And does it have like a spool under it? It does not. Nope. How does it feed the, doesn't it? So when you're TIG welding with aluminum, um, you're welding with AC instead of DC. So like, oh, we'll get into the whole thing. What the hell? So with with DC welding with steel, you're basically passing current through. You have your gun, you have your grounding clamp, and you're passing current through it. So you're basically like whatever the – I'm dyslexic, so I'm going to see if I get this correctly. But I'm going to nod the, no matter what you say. The electricity is basically coming like through the gun – and then coming back through the grounding clamp into the machine, and it's passing in a loop. Sounds like good to that. me. So that's the basic process. So it passes through like that. So with the stick, you're holding the flame and putting the stick in there. But when the, with the easy version, where's the stick part coming from? It's coming through the gun, like a so, glue, like a glue, like a glue gun. So you you have a spool that's like that's in the machine. Or there's some guns that like if you're technically you can weld aluminum with MIG, but you have a gun, a special gun for aluminum. But yeah, there's like a whole spool. I of, one I've seen a welder with a spool like on the. So th- on if the you're gun. if you're MIG welding aluminum, you need a special gun to be able to do that. Oh. Similar in process, both of them have flux, but they used or the, both of them have um, the 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 filler rod, but they use different material because the metal itself mm. is different. So think of it like I don't know, call it glue or whatever the stuff that fuses it. Yeah. So basically all you're doing, you're creating an electrical short, the whole process of welding. You're creating an electrical short that creates a ton of heat, which melts the metal and fuses it together. That's all welding really is. Oh. That's all it is. But when you're doing that, you're you're melting it. And basically without any type of filler, you're just like burning a giant hole through the metal. Oh. So that's why you have the filler rod because you're you're melting the metal and you're adding filler rod to like get in there and like fuse the parts I together. I never knew that it was a short that caused mm-hmm. the heat. Yeah, that's all it is. So your hobby is controlled. Yeah, because if you think about it, controlled electrical mishaps, and your profession is controlled. You are creating a controlled electrical short. That's all welding is. Oh man. Yeah, and that's why, like, especially with TIG welding, it's so part of the reason it's so artistic is because you have to hold it like, you know, maybe a quarter of an inch off the surface. That's what's creating the short is because you're not actually making contact. You need that. You need that connection. That little. Connection that between short. the ground. It's not and like the, have you ever unplugged and something from the electrical outlet yeah. and it kind of sparks for a yeah, second. Yeah, but only when it's that distance away. Exactly. So you're doing that intentionally and holding it there, creating that spark, which creates a ton of heat, oh. like three to five thousand degree heat, hot enough to melt metal. You know, and like some of these, depending on the well, the, depending on how strong it is, it can be as hot as the surface of the sun. <laughs> like that, you're you're melting metal in. A controlled manner. I mean, that makes and sense. Fusing it together. But that's why it takes easily. so much practice. Does yeah. aluminum melt like way quicker than steel? So the challenge, it can. Yeah. Well, aluminum dissipates heat a lot faster. That too. Yeah. It's like so, a heat sink. So that's a whole thing. Yeah. Heat sinks so, are all aluminum. Yeah. 
So that's its own challenge. But the challenge you have with aluminum is it oxidizes in a different way than steel does. So aluminum, you actually can't weld with direct current. You have to use alternating current. And you have what's called like an AC balance. So what's happening is the electricity is actually... Is that Tesla or Edison? That is... Crap, I can't remember which one is which. I can't remember which one is which. I can't either. Uh, I I don't remember. That person knows. But when (laughs) when you're welding with aluminum... You, you have more control because you're, you're alternating the current. So sometimes it's flowing through the gun and into the ground back to the machine, and sometimes it's reversing. And when it's reversing, what it's doing is it's pulling the oxidation off the aluminum. That's why aluminum doesn't rust because it like naturally oxidizes, and it helps protect it, um, whereas steel will rust like immediately. If you leave raw steel out in the, the rain, it'll rust in like hours. Oh, yeah. I'm deciding that all of my cookie sheets now are going to be aluminum. There you go. Yeah. But like aluminum I'm- pans, you like you touch it, and it's – friggin' hot because like it yeah. absorbs heat so quickly. Also, they don't agree with dish, dishwasher chemicals. I will say that. Yes. They get nasty. So there's all these, and there's that gray stuff. Considerations, right. That, that gray stuff that appears on the, which is oxidation. Yep. Um, yep. But yet they don't, rust, they react so. to different chemicals and yep. all these types of things. So you yep. have to deal with all this yep. with aluminum versus steel. So well, I'll at least show you the thing that I built. So we'll post Whoa. these pictures up there. So it attaches to the front of my mower and then it's got this whole frame and I got hinges up here because when you're going on the yard, things bouncing up and down. So it's just this like flat platform and I have, you know, just square tubing that I like welded on there. And then I have these tires that can just rotate all the way around. So as I'm backing up and that going around. That is awesome. You basically built cool? a vehicle. Uh, kind of. Like yeah. I want to ride like that extra, thing. <laughs> you could technically. Yeah. I don't know if it would hold your weight, but you know, not that you're heavy. You work on those welds then. I, I do. Well, <laughs> So that's the thing is I built this thing and I started using it and it was great. And then I broke it already. Oh no. So now I have to fix it. Oh, but where did it break? It broke at my welds. So what happened? The top ones? The, it, it was, well, I'm finding like where my weak points are. It broke basically like right at the welds, right at the bottom of the platform before it comes up and attaches to the lawnmower. And what happened was I was going from my yard to a part of my paved driveway and there was like too much of a dip there and the wheels kind of oh. got caught and I basically, it's essentially like I slammed it into a wall. So I just like, it took all the weight of the mower just like slammed into oh, well, it. Oh, that's not your welds fault. Like, and it, I mean. Honestly, it's probably, if you're well. It would have had to be really strong to resist what Right, but I then he, but then that might have done damage to the mower. I mean, theoretically, but. You Ultimately, did, you if, did the right thing by making was, disposable welds. You did a good job. Let's go with that. Yeah. It actually ended up breaking. It's a shock absorber. It ended up breaking like the hub of the wheel too, which I didn't even weld that. I bought those wheels. So <laughs> that, well, so now I got to weld that wheel part back on. And I, so I'm like, okay, I'm like doing this. I'm fixing things and breaking things. That's and, cool, man. Yeah. But you can build a go-kart. I can wrap my head. Yes. I very well could. That's cool. Believe me, I've flagged a few videos and watched I'm not some, surprised I'm at like, all. But I'm also like, yeah, we're, 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 no, I'm just, Rachel wouldn't, I don't think she would be on board with that. Like, uh, well, a homemade go-kart for like me and my kids homemade, to ride around. Homemade dune buggy. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah. That would be so fun. Yeah. I don't think I would trust myself that I would build it well enough. Like you, I would be I, building a death trap for myself. Nonsense. <laughs> I trust you, Brian. Dune oh, buggy. No. You've got plenty of yard. You need to be able to easily traverse that much yard. from. I could do it though. That would be so much fun. Who needs to walk when you we'll can build see. a dune buggy? We'll see. We'll see. Yes, we will. Um, anyway, so I, uh, yeah, am learning a lot of things with the whole aluminum welding thing. So that's my crazy project of the moment. Wow. 
And then, of course, like I broke the thing. And then as I needed to use it, I ran out of argon gas, which is what you need to weld with a TIG welder. And that's the only way that I can weld aluminum right now. So I was like, I broke this and I ran out of gas. And the really? place is not is, is, is argon a like a combination of gases or is that a net? Is that a nope. is that an element? It's an element. Dang. Straight up argon. Yeah. Straight up argon. Where does that come from? A welding gas just, supplier. Just, just, just the earth? Oh, believe me. When I got into welding, I was like, what is, they, this, what is this upside down world that I'm yeah. dealing with? I'm trying to think. You're like, like where, dealing, where you? there's like special places where you buy this kind of stuff. How do people harvest like helium and argon and stuff like that? Um, like where do you, like I don't just, know about argon, but just, I know, helium, like you have to get it. You have to like, I don't know. You have to mine it from somewhere. Like to mine helium? Yeah. There's actually kind of like a helium shortage. So I hear. I did, I did know that. Yeah. But it's like a naturally occurring thing. There's I, only I so know much nothing helium. about gas mining. I mean, everybody knows. Every, whenever anybody pictures about earth, like like mineral mining, you know that that makes sense. You just pull it out of rock. But where does argon gas come from? Gas mining. Argon is industrial extracted from liquid air in a cryogenic air separation unit by means of fractional distillation. What? When nitrogen gas present in the atmosphere is heated using hot calcium or magnesium, a nitride is formed, leaving behind small amount of argon as an impurity. So they don't mine it. They they freeze air and then rip it out of the frozen crystal chunks. I guess. And then let it go back to gas. I guess so. Ooh. That's kind of cool. Maybe that's what they do with helium too. I don't know about helium, but science. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, pure argon is what you use when you're doing TIG welding. Um, yeah. It's just an inert gas that helps keep it from oxidizing when you're creating sparks that are as hot as the sun. It's a very fascinating process. What's even cooler is plasma cutting. That's a whole other thing. I haven't done that yet. Isn't that like using lava? It's like lightning. Yeah. You're creating plasma. Yeah, it's lightning. That's cool. It can get up to 40,000 degrees, which is very hot. You can cut like inch thick plate steel in seconds. It's incredible, but it's absolutely terrifying. I technically can, I have a plasma cutter like thing on my welder. I have not used it yet because it terrifies me, but it's possible. (laughs) Anyway, yay, adventures with Brian. Yes, indeed. So apparently I'm not world-class welder either because I'm breaking all my junk, but. Speaking about breaking things. I'm able to do a lot of things pretty mediocre. Except know how to, except know how defrost works. Except for defrost, I still. <laughs> That's the mystery of the universe. Bl- I have this blind spot when it comes to cars. <laughs> dude, like, I don't know. Dude, I don't know half the things like what you're I talking try, about. I try with cars. It's it's rough. I, Some I, people just get it. I don't. No, I don't either. I left um, in high school. There was a class that I started called Principles of Technology. Okay. And the first thing he said, day one. All right, to uh, succeed in this class, you will know need to know two things. A rudimentary you know, uh, know-how of car parts and how to long divide. And I said. You're like. And the next day, I was a teacher's I'll assistant in drama. <laughs> there you go for the rest of the year, which I failed the year before, by the way. So, oh wow! Yeah, I was thinking about being an engineering student in college because I was undecided when I did my major. And the first class I went to was just the English class that was required for the engineering students. It wasn't even an engineering class, but I get there first day, and she has a list of like ten books, and she's like, "These are the books you're going to need to read by the time we have the first test." And I was like, "Farewell. Yeah. I'll see you later." Because I can't read yeah, very well. No, and even in like, high school, be impossible. I had long since forgot how to long divide. Like that, that, that was like. I don't know either. That's a, well, even yeah. in high school, I didn't know. That was like nope, I got a calculator. stuff. Like, no, that's all good. Not. Garbage. <laughs> anyway, oh, man. So extended version of the what's happening there, but. That, extended version of the whole Bencast. This, yeah. is, this is, we've already broken the record. Indeed. Chop this up. 
save half of it and then yeah because we're not no pencast next week so yeah which you can't save half of it this is an extra chunky version we are from- more we are more than halfway through for sure uh, but that's all we got for that part of it we got a couple company updates and then we're gonna wrap this thing up. all right well the company updates we have we are celebrating the Goulet Pen's 13 year anniversary. Are we? This week. I mean, it's happening. <laughs> we're not really we're not really doing much. This is the awful part about the timing of our company anniversary. I know. Especially since Fountain Pen Day started. We got Fountain Pen Day, we got Black Friday, Cyber Monday, yeah. Thanksgiving, all this other stuff. I'm like, we do not have time or capacity to do anything special for any of our anniversaries. No. We always have intentions. And it never happens. But yeah, so, some sometimes you know, I, still, I do the a, I do like a scavenger hunt activity. I didn't do it this year and haven't done that it since fun. COVID began. So it's been a couple of years. It is a good time. Though. I'll do it. I'll do it again next year. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're at least like we're doing like a Thanksgiving lunch for our team and that'll be awesome. Having fun and we'll say that it's our anniversary and say woo and try and as long as we say picture. woo as long as we say woo exactly there we go um as still, long as we, can we drop our phone sometimes too i think that would be good good job i just dropped my phone <laughs> I was like feeling it slowly sliding off my leg and i was like i'm holding an open container of water maybe I'm we can uh maybe we can share, share let it go let's let's at least share like a an old garage picture from from back when oh we can do something like that yeah, yeah. i can i can put a couple oldie pictures up uh sure. up for you guys yeah ye oldie good pens um if you are um, interested or know somebody who's interested, a marketing specialist, we're still actively interviewing for that. Um, so you can check the Join Our Team page um, to apply and send people there. Um, if you want somebody who's involved in this kind of stuff. Um, and then we have published a couple of videos. We had a Fountain Pen Misconceptions video, which we got out a couple of weeks ago at this point, last week-ish, yeah. Yep. Um, and then this week, if all goes to plan, we got a Twisby brand overview video where basically i cover every twisby model i'm super excited about seeing this i haven't seen it yet okay well you'll see it it's not like crazy long it's like 18 minutes or so yeah but you've been playing it i cover everything i cover all the pens ink that's a lot to cover ink wells everything i'm just like this is all the twisby stuff this is what makes them all different pipe i cover it all the pipe and swipe that's right so good stuff happening it's we're gonna get a little quieter around thanksgiving time but then we'll pick things back up in december And those are the company updates. And now we're going to wrap this thing up. Well, we want to thank you all for watching this probably record-setting pencast. We do. It was so nice to be back. It really is. It's really good to be here. Miss you guys. That's right. Um, Please leave us feedback on how we're doing in the comments. Ask us some questions so that we can answer them on the show. We're taking off next week, but we'll be back the week after that, assuming that we don't get sick from all of our family. And we need questions. I'm fresh out. Oh. Not fresh out, but I'm nearing. If you don't give us questions, we're going to have to make them up and then be like, you know, Make up random family members. I'll ask. I'll ask on Instagram area. next week. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, go. um, you can leave it. But I do read all the comments too. Um, and uh, like the uh, uh, one of these was from YouTube comment, <clears throat> I believe. So yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You, you can do YouTube comments too. Cool. Um, check out GooleyPens.com. We got a lot of stuff going on. We'll have some sale stuff that's happening. We're not doing anything crazy, but we have some sale things um, that'll be happening for the whole like Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff. I think we're going to plan on kicking it off the beginning of next week. Um, we're still finalizing it, but um, we got some things. Go check out all the new stuff that we talked about. Um, and uh, you can email us at pencast at GooleyPens.com. 
if that's the best way to do it. And I have a random fact for you. So have you ever been falling asleep and suddenly you kind of just like jerk yourself awake? All the time. Yeah. Um, it apparently has a name. It is called a hypnic jerk. Okay. I did not know. I've experienced this thing many times in my life. Um, it's also known as a hypnagogic jerk. Ooh, hypnagogic. Yeah. A sleep start, a sleep twitch, a myoclonic jerk, or a night start. Why does it need so many names? I don't know, but I'm going with hypnic jerk because that was the the main one that I saw. Um, huh. It is defined as a brief and sudden involuntary contraction of the muscles of the body, which occur when a person is beginning to fall asleep often causing the person to jump and awaken suddenly for a moment and are often accompanied by a feeling of falling. I know I have that feeling. Like I'll be like starting the dream phase and I feel like I'm like walking down the sidewalk and I trip or whatever and I like jerk myself awake and I'm like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. You know, and like you instantly kind of jolt and your heart races, that kind of a thing. I never have dreams when I'm falling asleep. Those only happen like. No? I mean, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. But I never do, I never get the sense of falling when I do the, the jerk. That's okay. always. Like, I don't always have that, but I've had that before. Oh. Um, Hypnic jerks are if one form of involuntary muscle twitches called myoclonus. Hypnic jerks are a common physiological phenomenon. Around 70% of, experience, of people experience them at least once in their lives, with 10% of people experiencing them daily. Like, that's a lot. I don't experience it daily. But I definitely experience it like on a somewhat regular basis. It, I if I usually play video games until I do that every night. So you fall more into the daily category. Yeah, Look because at you ten percent. It's it's cozy. I'm on that big love sack. Yeah, I've got my headphones on, so I'm I'm listening to like Japanese leaves rustling and yeah. the horse steps with there like a with like a flute in the background. And when I'm like do that a couple times, I'm like, all right, it's time to go, go to bed, Drew. There you go. You're done. That's called a hypnic jerk. Throw in the towel. Yeah, that's it's like a. Room. Yeah. It's like a sign for me. Go to they bed. Do. So they're benign and they do not cause any neurological complications. So you Unless you have a it. brick wall in front of you when you do it. I mean, I guess that could happen. So I do have a funny hypnic jerk story. You have a funny hypnic jerk story. I do. Please. This is since it's not a long enough pen cast. No, no, no. We need um, this. So this I was in good, I was in your content. I was in college. I went to Virginia Tech and I was in the Corps of Cadets, which meant that I had to wake up very early, run like six miles and do a zillion push-ups. So I was already tired by the time my like 8 a.m. classes would start. So I was in a class one time. There wasn't a huge class. There were maybe 50 people in the classroom, but it was like stadium seating, but stadium with like a table in front of you. So, you know, there's like this, this the the whole like platform is like five feet yeah, and it had like a seat with a table that like wrapped around the whole thing. So you're like in there and okay, that's fine. So I was like maybe three or four platforms back or something like that, but I'm like in uniform. So I stick out like a sore thumb because every cadet does in a larger civilian population campus. So I'm there and I'm tired and I'm doing the whole thing. Like you You have to wear that thing the whole day. Yeah. All day, every day. Oh my. Except at night. Yeah. But yeah, that's the whole thing. Oh, especially as a freshman, yeah, you gotta oh, wear wow. it all the time. Yep, you're basically in a military school. I didn't know that. Within the, I thought you only campus. had to do that when you did the specific activities for that nope. thing. Oh wow, nope, uh, pretty much all the time. Yep. So that was the whole thing. Anyway, but uh, so I was there, sticking out like a sore thumb in my class, trying so hard to be a good student, and I'm tired, and I start to nod off a little bit, and I do the hypnic jerk thing. The only thing is I had my pencil in my hand and when I jerked awake, of course, 
I'm the only one making a drastic movement in uh, the classroom. Uh. But when I do that, I fling my pencil out of my hand and it like hits on the table and then it goes down like several levels. So I like do this movement, which brings a lot of attention to me. I'm in uniform and I'm a big guy too. And I'm like fit and all this kind oh of stuff. God. And then in order to go and get my pencil, I have to stand up, go all the way to the side, walk down the stairs, like several platforms, go and get my pencil and come all the way back up. Oh. It was one of these like the office Michael Scott type of moments where you're just like, this is going on so long. Oh. And like no one didn't notice. This yeah. Happening. Like just cut away, cut away to something else. Yeah. So cut away to my, a different scene. That was my funny oh, hypnic jerk story in front of all these people. Whatever. I didn't know any of them, but they all remember that though. I'm sure they do. They do. As a cadet, as a cadet in a school like that, you kind of get used to like sticking out mm. a little bit. So and throwing pencils and throwing pencils. Yeah. yeah. That's what they do. Those crazy yeah. cadets. We're usually the ones that like are running around the campus, like getting yelled at or yelling at others doing pushups and stuff like while the hippies are hacky sacking and throwing frisbees on the drill field. <laughs> we're the ones. No like, worries, bro. Army crawling across the drill field and stuff. Some and worries. He's like, man, they're so weird. But we're like, this used to be an all military school. This was like what everybody did. Oh, really? Virginia Tech? Mm-hmm. I never knew that. Yep. Until 1962. And then it would transition a little bit. They you had to do it. Yeah. So everybody prior to that was full on, you know, military. Yeah. How about that? And then it transitioned. And now it's like 1% of the campus. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like you really stick out. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot. But same with Texas A&M. They're the other school that has a big military within, huh. within a civilian campus. Yeah. You have your like West Point and VMI and like the Navy school. Yeah. Those like are the obvious that. ones. Yeah. So it's basically take that and plop it into like – Ohio State or USC or like that size school. Mm-hmm. So you have like a full military program within a larger campus. That's what it's like. Hmm. And it's interesting and pretty awkward, but it's kind of fun. First snowfall, there's always a fight between the cadets and the, like the, you know, civilian population. It's pretty fun. You have like a snowball war. If you wanted to get pretty, vengeance on anybody fun. that points at you yeah. and really ridicules you, now, now's your chance. It's pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. The cadets usually do pretty well. Nice. We're very organized and fit, and uh, most of the rest of the population is drunk. So <laughs> it's pretty easy to win a snowball fight. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, fun stories from my college days. Uh, but anyway, thanks for this extended, uh, sticking with us on this extended pencast. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll catch you on the next one. Right on.